0: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Parkins and Spiegel Show.
2: If y'all ready, give
3: me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
2: The Cubs offseason has been, it was council, and that was early, and that was really exciting. But then everything else has been about how they're not spending as much as we would like, and where's Cody Bellinger? Patience, Donovan. Patience. I'm the guy who wants power. Ball go far. Team go far. Yeah. They didn't have enough power last year. They don't have enough power this year. I'm like everyone else. We're just waiting. They need a star or two.
4: <laughs> yeah, they can use that.
2: You know, but for now, it's good to have uh, your beloved baseball back.
4: And yeah, the Cubs have plenty of flaws. And they're not good enough as constructed, and Bellinger needs to get there, and maybe even somebody else too. Five sixteen. Time now for a look at sports overnight. Cody Bellinger and the Cubs have agreed on a three-year, eighty million dollar
2: deal. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Ray is in Naperville. He's up next as we talk Cody Bellinger back to the Cubs on the score.
5: Great news! Great news that they they were able to get this contract signed.
2: In Deerfield, we join Pete now. Pete's up now to Bellinger. I am
3: so relieved. Doesn't even matter if he plays Gordon one year. It's important that we get him this season. James
2: from Mercine is up next talking about Cody Bellinger. I really don't think that Jed Hoyer
6: gets enough credit. The way he played, you know, bringing in Peralta, all those moves put pressure on Boris to crack here.
7: And the essence of Bellinger is something that's very, very rare in this game. And so when you look at it, you understand that this is something that I think every team wants it on their vanity, no doubt. Is there with the idea of Bellinger? Bruce, you step on my lines once more. <laughs> Just
6: introduced himself to Cub fans. Cub, Cub,
3: Cub. <laughs> Out of here, off the scoreboard. Holy cow. A belly bomb.
2: Where's Cody Bellinger? Oh, you feel better, mother... One, one
5: two, three. And here we here go. go, Here we go. Here we go, Jack. Here we go, Tony. Harkins and Spiegel show afternoons from
4: two to six on six seventy The score in Odyssey station.
2: Yeah, I do feel a little better now. (laughs) I do. I, to me, this was the bare minimum. This was the get back to baseline. Yeah. They, they weren't good enough with him last year. How are they going to be good enough without him this year? It was, call that reductive or overly simplistic but they they needed to bring back Cody Bellinger.
4: Yeah, we did the exercise the other day like wait a minute, are they better than last year and um it was a good question, we talked about it and uh, I was like no. No. <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. The answer is no. Right. And now there's a lot of similarities, but certain guys will get better and if Michael Bush is a legit young power hitting first baseman, you're already better right there without some of the other guys improving and having full healthy years. And then there's, oh, by the way, your big money manager that they frankly do believe is going to help them get some more wins.
2: And the idea of intelligent spending is easy to mock because we want, hey, it's not our money. Give the $300 million contract. But some of those, if you're not the Dodgers, can cripple an organization's competitive window. I've heard a lot of people say that this was a win for both sides. Oh, no.
4: This is a win for the Cubs. It's a dominant, <laughs> dominant win for Jed Hoyer in the game of chicken with Scott Boris. He, he's coming off a pillow contract, which is a name that Scott Boris invented, and he wanted to then deliver $150, $200 million he got him another pillow contract. He got him another one. Maybe. Jed
5: Hoyer, man,
4: what a story that is. <laughs> Thank I mean, you, Peter. I see some Congrats people calling retirement. it a bridge contract, similar to what Carlos Correa signed, because it's a two-year maybe with the third year. But he's got an opt-out after one. If he has a great year, again, he will probably opt out again after one. Boris had to follow a pillow contract with another one. That is a absolute destruction by Jed over Scott Boris.
8: Yeah,
2: now, for Bellinger, he gets, he gets to, to, to hit real. free agency again next year, and it is the $30 million average annual value, which is a big raise and the most the Cubs have ever given a player for one year. So there aren't things that a player can't hang his hat on, but I fall back on there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. And while if he has a terrible year, He'll opt in, and then it, of course, is more than a one-year deal. This is pretty low risk for the Cubs, right? What is the risk here? It doesn't, it doesn't put them into the repeater tax mm-hmm. territory for the luxury tax, so they've got flexibility there. It's not a long-term deal. This isn't like a $200 million, $250 no. million, you know, oh, man, you're really scared of the last three years of the contract. There's really no way this contract hamstrings the Cubs' ability to do anything
4: the risk is that he's bad and then you know that he falls off the table offensively and then all you have is a gold glove caliber center fielder and first baseman who is struggling and you'll have to work your ass off to try and help him find it again you know but as you say it's only then for the two years there's no, I can't imagine he will opt in for year three at only 20 million it's 30 30 30 30 20 30, 30 20. It is it, what they want more than anything is to stay flexible year to year to be able to think about it one year at a time, maybe two years at a time for a big free agent, maybe three if they absolutely have to. This allows them to make new decisions, probably next year, certainly in two with better knowledge of if Pete Crow Armstrong's any good, if Michael Bush is any good, if Matt Mervis is something they can save like it. it it is a phenomenal win and boris is feeling it and unhappy
2: right i so that that was my number one takeaway was of course this is good for the cubs of course the players are happy the team is better and you're not committed to him long term mm-hmm. and There's really, I don't even, I honestly don't see the, not that Bellinger's going to be unhappy with going to the team that he wanted to be on and getting $30 million to play baseball. I doubt he's unhappy, but it's not what he thought he was doing when we were talking about him being a top five MVP candidate in August
4: yeah, no, you, or you, July of last year. You, you worry about him being happy or being resentful, but that's not his thing. It's not his vibe. He loved it here. He found his offense again. He found comfort. He loves where he lives. He's got a, a wife and a young child. He just wants to relax and
2: play. Well, and he has to know, it's not like there was a $200 million out- offer out there from the Giants or the Blue Jays that he turned down. Yeah. So how can he be resentful of... The team giving him the deal that it's not like anybody else beat him. Yeah, You know what I mean? It, I, it's, it's, it's not like, hey, I wanted to play for you. I had to take a pay cut because of my family's happiness, but I had $200 million on the table from someone else. Uh-huh. That, that didn't
4: happen. It's fascinating that there wasn't a deal out there. It is because of the hitting profile with some of the metrics and how they don't jibe with some of the production numbers, and it makes people a little crazy on certain teams. You have the knowledge uh, for, of the Cubs, of knowing what he did because you watched it every day and you yeah. talked to him about it every day. Let's let's talk about that aspect of it uh, a little bit later on. Why there was not a huge deal available for him and what the Cubs are banking on with with bringing him back. Okay, but, but the headline is the headline is the win uh, of of. Of the standoff, yeah, it's not a
2: win win contract. This is, this is this is not Scott Boris getting high fives around the office and Jed Hoyer getting high fives around the office. This is Scott Boris's side being like, "Damn, yeah," and Jed Hoyer's side being congratulatory and backslapping, right? And, and that's that's how this is.
4: Is Boris hoping he doesn't have to do the same kind of thing with Matt Chapman and and Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell?
2: Right. He's probably got some clients that are looking at him like, "Hey, so is this the magic that you're going to not pull off for me?" Exactly. Ryan Dempster was with you in what sounded like an absolutely star-studded weekend. Cannot wait to hear the stories. Poll's position at three. Tanny uh, will...
9: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
5: The Parkinson Spiegel Show. And here's the controversy. Listen, we love fun, right? Afternoons on the score. There's something really special about this recognition.
4: And hopefully, by the time I'm done speaking, you're going to understand how much I love
6: the city of Chicago the Chicago Blackhawks, my teammates, the fans, my friends and most of all my family. You talked about all the stars that have come to Chicago
2: to celebrate with Chris Chelios, John McEnroe, Eddie Vedder, Cindy Crawford, Ryan Dempster in a speedo in high heel shoes. What? <laughs> I mean that's what I'm saying. Like how star-studded does an event have to be? For Ryan Dempster, hey man, to not get anywhere near top billing, it was like if it was one of those uh, like a festival lineups. Like he's yeah. down there in the small print. Oh no! I'm sorry, he's not that low. I'm t- i mean, he's above you. But I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just, you're like and others. Uh, but Demp, my God, what a what a weekend with Chris Chelios.
6: Oh man, it was uh, it was a really special. Everything yesterday was, uh, you know, capped off with, I mean, that's the Mount Rushmore, right? You're you're having your jersey retired by a team in the city that you grew up in and born and raised. He's a knight, you know, like he's Chicagonian, however you want to say it. And just his speech was fabulous. The entrance with the Cadillac, you know, his dad always had caddies. He said, my dad, as I, my dad got older, he'd always get caddies. He goes, well, actually, I'd always get him a caddy which was pretty funny and then that's and then come in like that and this you know the, the star-studded cast that was there the fans on Kaner's first trip back the whole day was honestly, I pinched myself this morning it kind of felt pretty magical to be a part of it all it was special
4: there's crazy amounts of layers of of emotion and and, and everything going on you're absolutely right um, but Danny's starved to know like the celebrity stuff, you know, you, oh, you hear. I'm <laughs> Demp, Demp, tell people who was in the suite with you. It, 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 pay, paint us a picture of, of who was in that suite with you, uh, watching that game and the speech and everything yesterday.
6: Yeah. So I, I kind of arrived actually a little bit later. I flew in yesterday from Arizona cause I, I had to be down there. Um, so I came in yesterday morning, I walk in the United sitter and then I get there and, um, I go to the suite and I walk in and there's, you know, I mean, it's Dennis Rodman and, and, you know, Theo Epstein and Eddie Vedder and Wayne Gretzky and and Mark Messier and Brett Hull and Ty Domi and Cindy Crawford with her and Randy Gerber there and John McEnroe and Patty Smythe. I mean, and John McGinley. And you go down the list, dude, it just didn't stop. It was, it was, you know, a, a, an amazing sight to be a part of kid rocks in there. I mean, it was really special and the most humble group of people. I mean, the amount of laughs and smiles and, you know, share, taking pitch. Wayne was signing autographs over the railing for kids and taking pictures with people and, you know, just to be there to celebrate their great friend, you know, and a great friend to so many, Chris Chelios. And he brought all these special people together and we had one heck of a time at the game watching that all, watching the, you know, Caner go out there and score the game winner after Chelios told him, don't steal my thunder. I mean, I don't know if you could write a movie script that was any better than that. So it, it was pretty special. Like, think about that. He calls Patrick Kane, will go down as the biggest American player, and Patrick Kane gets a breakaway in overtime and doesn't disappoint. He said, I won't let Chris Chelios down. I'm going to prove everybody exactly what he said is true. And and it was just spectacular. And then the after party and the atrium and, and the festivities throughout the evening were, were next level. It,
4: it, it, was, it was amazing when... Uh... When Chelios referenced Patrick Kane in his speech and said that you're going to be the greatest American player when it ends, and then people clapped and they showed Gretzky up there, he stood up. That got me. Gretzky yeah. deciding to stand up and applaud for Kane for Kane. It was like, all right, what are what are we looking at right here? All these different like generations, and it's just unbelievable stuff. Demp. And, and you're you grew up a hockey guy. You know, so it's like that had to hit you in a million different directions.
6: Oh, man, it it really has. You know, just, you know, first of all, Chelly and I's relationship, you know, started over 20 years ago. And, and to just see it evolve to where it is now that, you know, he feels like a brother. And, and it's just been um, incredible to watch this journey for him and to have a moment like that. And then you see all these other people who have just as much respect for, for him as he does for them and the amount of love in that room. And like you said, you know, these standing ovation, they they get up and clap for when they show Sharp and Seabrook and Duncan. And, and, and it's just that, and Hosa is just amazing. These these guys who played before them respect them so much because of the way they played the game. It's like they, they passed the torch to them. And then last night, you know, yesterday afternoon, was the ultimate passing of the torch from Chelios to the, the next player who might have his number hung in on those rafters in, in Patrick Kane. So, um, or at least one of the next ones. And so it was just, you know, to watch that amount of respect for for what he did um, and what those guys did from superstars like that, that, that's special stuff right there, man. That's that's legendary stuff to, to be a part of and watch it firsthand.
2: It's pretty amazing. We're talking to Ryan Dempster here on the Parkinson spiegel show who was front and center in all of the Chris Chelio celebrations over the weekend. So I've uh, talked to enough athletes in this career to know that athletes want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be athletes. What was the what what were some of the musical scenes that you found yourself in the middle of with our guy Speaks?
6: Yeah, I mean, first of all, great great band up there. Um a lot of the guys coming in from Boston, the uh hot stove cool music who Speaks has played with before and they're up there crushing it pre kind of show and then um had a chance to go up there and you know, and then I introduced Eddie Better to come up and and Ed's a great friend and you know, to be able to to do that at Chelly's event. And then before that, like just a little bit before that, he goes, Hey, um, you know you want to come up and sing and i was like hell yeah i do let's go man <laughs> and then i didn't know what we were going to sing so i was like all right but then i found out shortly you know before everything that we'd be singing the wait and got to get up there with chelly you know and like for me it, uh, like you said it's just a treat to be able to be a part of that scene on stage with great musicians uh, uh you know a hall of fame rock star a hall of fame hockey player and uh, and belt out some tunes and, and to see all that take place. And then all of a sudden it's not just, it's like a party. Patty smythe comes up there with John McEnroe and doing the warrior and kid rocks, getting up there and singing for the crowd. I mean, it was just next. It was every, who's next. Let's go. And everybody having a smile on their face, love and laugh and coming together and, and celebrating this great man. So it, it was the best pop-up karaoke scene I've ever seen. I <laughs> it it,
2: it kind of sounds like the legendary SNL 40 party. You, you, you know yeah, about yeah. the, the SNL hurt. 40 party where it's, you know, like, Fallon gets up there, and then he's like, hey, Dan Aykroyd, come on up here and do mm-hmm. something. And then it's like, oh, Miley Cyrus is in the house, and Prince is all of a sudden on yeah. stage, and then Steve Martin's playing the banjo.
4: And we were the house band. So like it's very cool. My, my guys, and I was lucky enough to get that call and, like, be a part of the, the mix of Boston and Chicago, some Tributosaurus guys in there. Um, so we're the house band. And I'm doing "Radio Free Europe" by REM, and I'm looking out, and there's Demp. I saw you walk in, man, and you were like vibing and dancing. I was like, ah, all right, here we go. And then, <laughs> and, and then we talked right after that, and then, and you you walked away for a little while, and then it was time to introduce Eddie, and Eddie's guy was like. Where's Ryan Dempster? All right, you might have to do it. He said to me, you might have to do it. I'm like, no, I'll get them And I called you. And thank God you answered. You were on the other other side of the building or, or something. But then you came running. I'm yeah, to be able to introduce him. Oh, man. come on. Yeah, I just kept getting treat after
6: treat. I felt like, I, I don't know, I paid for some magical experience, you know?
8: Like yeah, I, had you enough,
6: I had enough credit card points lined up that they got me this trip of a lifetime. How
4: about all the other all their personalities, man? McEnroe comes on stage with his wife, Patty Smythe, and it's John McEnroe, right? So he walks over and he's like, hey, this one's really fast, and it's got to keep going. All right, <laughs> so you guys make sure you don't slow it down. <laughs> We're like, we, we got you, John. We got you. But he knows that. Every, a left-handed Telecaster. Yes, sir. Rented him a left-handed yeah. Telecaster. Oh wow! Because that's what he wanted. And it's like, I took a picture of the guitar case that says "Tele Lefty" on it. I'm like, well, that should be his solo project. <laughs> Clearly, that, that should be his solo project. But I was like, when is Jimmy Connor's coming? Is Ili Nastasi going to be here? You know, it's like, what, what yeah. are we doing? It was just, but like every other personalities were just, it's, it's, and Eddie's the sweetest, you know, this, but like Eddie Vedder is the sweetest, kindest musician. And that's why Celio said that stuff about him in the speech. Cause it, yeah. they, they love each other. It's like a really sweet, genuine friendship that they have that you have with Eddie. Cause Eddie's a gem.
6: Yeah, no, he really is. And he's thoughtful and kind in so many different ways, you know, and, I know what it's like as a, as an athlete, you know, and to, especially when you play for a long time, you have a lot of different connections and people that you're friends with and you develop these relationships. And um, the time that he gives people, he appreciates um, their admiration. Um, if it's a friendship, it is a true friendship and, and some of them feel like family. And, you know, it's just, he, he's a special human being to, to share that time because I mean, this guy's a rock star of rock stars, right? I mean, he's, He's leaving that last night and he's going over to London to play with the who. So it's like, you know, this, this is like the, the cream, creme de la creme. And he's sharing that time with everybody. And it's real. It's not like he gets behind the, you know, the door and goes, Oh man, that was, that was tough. No, it's a still a smile on his face. He enjoys the present moment of where he's at right, right there so much with whoever he's with. And it resonates. You know, I watched him last night after the after the show, when we were out later, it's just how he just, you know, is part of the family that's there. And it doesn't matter what you do or who you are. We're all there to just have a good time. And that's what it's about. It's not about, you know, taking that picture. I mean, sure, to capture the memory of that moment. But it's it's about here we are and, and let's all just, like, enjoy this moment. Because you never know when you're going to get a moment like that again ever. I'll, I'll, you'll never be lucky to get a moment like that in the rest of your life, you know, we're. <laughs> the amount of love and positivity that was flowing out of there. I mean, Cindy Crawford sank the puck in half ice. Like that's how good the day was. <laughs> that was an incredible moment. <laughs> Cindy
8: Crawford. <laughs> on oh, no, his
6: own baby. The supermodel drains it from freaking downtown. I'm like, what is going on?
2: I mean, were you, were you busting Theo's balls for that? Cause he wasn't even close.
6: Yeah, I told him. I said, you know, because that new ownership thing—part of the deal—is he gets a hand in the Pittsburgh Penguins. I go, you might want to stay clear of that. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you focus on the Red Sox and on that premier football, and just lead me to the hockey. I'll help you out over there.
2: Oh, it's perfect. Uh, all right, so paint us a picture of the after party because Speaks is like, yeah, I went home after, yeah. after the concert. I'm very, dis- I'm very disappointed. So, uh, who, who's last man? So I. So la- I. Who's last? Who's last man or woman standing at the after party?
6: Um, that's a good question. If I, 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 left, you know, sometime this morning and, um, it, it's, uh, it, it's a crew that has the ability, um, to be the energizer bunny. And so I, I'm actually interested to find out who is and was the last one standing. But, um, you know, I left and Jelly just goes, I'll see you at the lodge. And it was late. <laughs> it just keeps going. And, you know, you don't want those moments to end. And I'm sure Chris, you know, on a day like that, didn't want that day to ever end. Um, and uh, but it's you know, pretty much the same crew that was at the game made their way over there. And you know, you, you see like Sharpie shows up and Steve and Duncan Keith and all these guys too, and just friends and friends forever. And whether that's childhood friends and Shelly's or you know, friends he met in hockey or in, you know, celebrity world, whatever it is, it, it was just special. And everybody's just having a good time and, and enjoying the, the moment there at the uh, Four Seasons Bar.
4: I think uh, I think Shelley did all that like biking in the sauna, all that stuff, so he could still party this way at this age. It had, <laughs> it, it had very little to do with hockey. That's my theory, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm sticking to it. Um, Demp, you he can sing. Chelly can sing. He sounded good on his verse of the weight. And then you're you're singing like you and Chelly have sung together a lot. Clearly.
6: Yeah, we, we we've had some great nights with a microphone, a portable karaoke machine, one that's docked in the wall, hanging out on the boat, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's something we both love to do. He loves it, by the way. Anytime like they, we like we go out somewhere and there's a jukebox, he loves to bust Eddie's chops and put Pearl Jam on. Oh, it's like his favorite thing to do, which is really great. Because um, then half the bar starts singing the song, and then Eddie starts feeling weird. It's really great. It's a really funny joke that he. <laughs> But um no, it's just like our love of music, right? If there's a concert, we're always going to concerts together and you know, festivals together, whatever it is, we're we have a chance, we both we both love it. So whenever we can sing, I like to bring it out in him. Sometimes he's you know, he's not ready for it and I'm just like, Let's go and, and he just uh he's a good singer, man. He's he definitely is. It's practice, you know, that's just like his career, right? The more you practice, the better off you get at something and, and Shelly did an awesome bang up job last night. After all that, you know, the speech and everything to go out there and put that on was it was a blast and i was thrilled on his day like i i've been telling people yeah i got to sing with chris chelios last night
7: yeah man hell yeah
6: so dem- that's pretty good yeah
2: dem thanks for the behind the scenes uh stories from what was clearly the biggest party in chicago this weekend thank you sir we'll see you around the stadium uh coming up soon man damn baseball season's here
6: you got it, danny you got speed thanks guys appreciate you man all, all right
4: thanks step
2: that's ryan dempster with us we got polls position peter king floated a trade says that's the way the wind is blowing, but also said he knows nothing. We figure it out next on The Score.
8: Cindy Crawford! (laughs) Oh,
2: baby! He in the pole position in Indy. The
10: pole's position. It's time for Poles' position.
2: So the number one pick, by
10: the way, for the Bears is secured. The Chicago Bears are on the clock.
5: What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick?
4: I
10: got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. The human being, we got to figure out.
4: We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one
5: pick with the Bears? Caleb Williams, the one thing that is clear, he is not special. Well, I'm
4: a friend of Caleb. I feel like he's a, a young version of Patrick Mahomes. Fields. Not sure yet. Not sure. M- maybe not working out. I don't know what's going on with the Bears. It don't matter. No matter <laughs> who they take, because Justin Fields, he'll probably leave and go win a Super Bowl somewhere.
5: <laughs> so if you go to the Bears organization, <laughs> you're, you're doomed. doomed.
4: Sit back and watch them go. With the first pick, the Chicago Bears select The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score.
2: Every three o'clock on the Parkinson Spiegel show, we are going to play a little game called polls position where we try to get inside the mind of the bears. General manager trades, free agency, draft picks, hypotheticals, scenarios, things that he might be considering as the bears once again, dominate the off season in Peter King's retirement column, man. Which was a wild ride.
4: It really was. A a wild, very personal, thoughtful, kind of uh, wistful column from Peter King with some news mixed in, but a lot of just opinions and reminiscences and stuff like that.
2: Yes. And we had the good fortune of talking to Peter King regularly throughout the season And it was an honor, and he's an institution and arguably the best football writer in the history of football writers. Uh, And he has told us for a long time that he thinks that keeping fields and trading the pick is the way to go. Mm -hmm. But he would often couch it with, you know, I haven't talked to Ryan Poles. I don't know anything. This is just my instinct on team building and all this stuff. But I'm just going to read it so that we have... All of the context.
4: Sound fair? Yeah. No, I, th- I think it does. One, one, just for uh, a context where it is, it's in his 10 things I think I think. Right. And it's under the headline of number nine, I think I have five quick thoughts about the near future. And item one is that he thinks Tom Brady is going to be very good in the Fox booth. So we're in a things I think I think section.
2: Well, right. This is not to, I guess that's a good piece of, uh, piece of context. He's not leading the column with news. Correct. Right, this is this is couched under the I think I think this that he does in all of his columns, right. right? But it is a place for opinion. Right? Okay. I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast a team needs to contend. Suppose general manager Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick in return. Then suppose Poles traded the second pick to Atlanta at eight and the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second-round pick, and first and second round picks next year. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft haul: The eighth and ninth picks in round one this year, second round picks from Washington and Atlanta this year, three first round picks and two second round picks in 2025. Moving down seven picks in the first round, the Bears could end up with nine picks in the first two rounds of the next two drafts, instant infrastructure.
4: All right, so the first thing I, I like about this and I think why we're doing it for a polls position it gives us an opportunity to be very specific in thinking about the haul that they could get, Yeah, which a lot of people have wanted us to to truly consider, regardless of your opinion or my opinion, of, of Fields and Caleb as quarterbacks. Correct.
2: And it's it's Peter effing King, man. He, his words should be taken with weight. He has a relationship with Ryan Poles. He met with Ryan Poles in his hotel room at the Combine and wrote about that Scott Fitterer of the Panthers was coming into his hotel after he was leaving like he mm-hmm. he was all over the trading of the pick last year at this time.
4: Yeah, that that piece really established what Ryan Poles' thought process was for us. Yes. You know, it was really clear and help, and incredibly helpful with tremendous access. So but I don't know if this is from that perspective,
2: I, right? So the, this sentence is a tough one for me to just read.
4: <laughs> I, I, honestly, this is, a, this is a weird sentence. I think sentences should be easy to read. This is a weird sentence. That's my controversial thought on sentences.
2: I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. Well, it sounds like you know what way the wind is blowing, uh-huh. which would mean you know something. Or you know nothing, uh-huh. and you don't know which way the wind is blowing. How about those the, two things seem to be in conflict with uh, yeah. each other?
1: How
4: about the verb choice in sentence one? I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. It's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. I. It's not. I think. It's not. I'm reporting. It's. It's. I suppose. Yeah. So I. And he, and he throws in the the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah. I. So again, I personally, because we talked to Peter King, what. 12 times over the course of the season, Mm. maybe 15, somewhere in that range. I think this is an extension of what he was telling us when we asked him about it every damn week. Personally. Yeah. I think this is an editorial opinion and I am choosing to focus on words like I know nothing and should. Yes. But people who want them to keep Justin are going to focus on the way the wind is blowing. Correct. Exactly. So this is another one of those tests (laughs) Where you could kind of have some confirmation bias here. But I do think that because we talked to the guy 15 times throughout the NFL season, we have a little bit more insight into this than the average person. I believe this to be editorializing, especially with where it came in the column. He did not say, I have news. I am leading with sourced information on how the Bears are going to approach the Mm offseason. He would have put
4: this higher up in the column. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think that is true. But we should still... Do the exercise here because of who he is, and yes, I respect his opinion and 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 if he's if he's supposing those values and and you end up with that, I mean, that is a remarkable hall. That is a remarkable place to be. So that's the while, next thing, right. While, while you hope Justin Fields takes a leap you have not yet seen um and you, I mean, talk about arming yourself next year for a potential move-up with the three first-round picks. Well, but the hope, see... Because that's what they did this year. I know, I know. So Because this year they had that insurance policy of the two ones in a great quarterback draft. Do you not see three ones in next year's draft as a similar insurance policy?
2: No. Obviously, it could be. But in my opinion, if you are passing on Caleb Williams, and Jaden Daniels, and Drake May. You are doing it because you have conviction in Justin Fields. I don't think you're doing it because you just want to buy yourself more evaluation time for Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. You just hired a new offensive coordinator. Be a third staff in four years for Fields to learn At the NFL level, if you're passing on Caleb Williams and this quarterback class, I don't think it's because you're arming yourself for next year to maneuver to take Justin Fields as replacement. I think you have to have real, genuine, strong conviction Mm -hmm. that Justin Fields can be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL if you just do right by him.
4: See, last year at this time, everybody knew Caleb Williams was coming next year. Yeah. Yeah. And they knew that there were, that, that there were other quarterbacks. Um, right now, the quarterbacks in the 2025 NFL draft who are much discussed. The kid from
2: Texas, right? Um,
4: yes, Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Um, Shador Sanders, yep. uh, Dion's son at Colorado. Drew Aller at Penn State. Carson Beck of Georgia. Okay. Um, I see Riley Leonard of Notre Dame. And we haven't even seen really yet. And Jalen Milrow. Of Alabama, who I have seen and I'm not impressed with. It, it, like, this is not, nobody's jumping off this page like generational talent the way that Caleb Williams has for three years. Correct. That, three years. So, so and,
2: and the, the contract part for Fields, like, if you pass on him here, on, pass on moving him, you are paying him. I know you don't have to, but you are making a fifth round option, a uh, uh, fifth year option decision. Like, you, you are going in the direction of paying Justin Fields if you're passing on this quarterback class, which, mm-hmm. by, which is fine. Because by the way, like what I, I want to also spend some time on here is what if that trade with Washington is real? Forget the Atlanta part for just a second. Mm-hmm. What if it's true that to move down one spot, you can get your second round pick back that you gave up for Montez Sweat, and get the second pick in the draft and still take a quarterback.
4: And next year's one. That's right?
2: where, Yeah, 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 yeah. And right, right. And next year's one. Yeah. Like it, so it, if it's possible.
4: To get a one next year and a second rounder this year by only dropping one getting spot.
2: Jade, and getting Jaden Daniels or Drake May and still trading Justin Fields.
4: That's, it, that's what you do, in my opinion, if you see something that personally freaks you out. On the character side, which we know is possible because he had his concerns with Jalen Carter, with others. And it, again,
2: I think it's crazy not fair to Caleb to put him in the Jalen Carter uh, bucket of character concern I, draft prospects. I, I think I, that's crazy I, unfair.
4: I am not comparing him to Jalen Carter. I'm saying that Ryan Poles has made decisions based on his evaluation of character. Yes. Th- I, that, that, that's it, all I'm saying.
2: Sure. The Jalen Carter character stuff is, was off-field and legal. The Caleb Williams character stuff at this
4: point is like ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. At I mean, best, th- there is y- yeah. Of course, right. right? There's that. Th- <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing on the record that really freaks you out about Caleb Williams. But
2: Polls has said on the record that he has to scout. He has to do the person. That that's the, all I'm saying. Okay, and that and that and that, okay. I just want to be sure. Yep. And and that's totally fair because we don't know the guy yet, and he doesn't know him, and they haven't had the meeting, and all of that. Right. I think that that would be an incredibly bold, bordering on smug selection, <laughs> like like like, this... like hitting the pitcher eighth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I, <laughs> everyone in the world except for you know uh-huh. like one or two people uh-huh. think that this guy's the best quarterback prospect in in years. No, no, no. Yeah. The next guy is actually better, uh-huh. or it's so damn close that I'll
4: take this hall.
2: That I'll take the the hall, and I'll trade Fields, the guy that everyone chanted his name for, and I'll pass on the best prospect arguably since Andrew Luck sure. because I know more than all of you people. Uh-huh. Like that is a level of. He's positioning himself in such a way that if Fields hits with whatever team he trades for, yeah. he's fired. Or if Caleb is better than Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whoever he selects, uh-huh. he's fired. I just, I, I don't think he's got it in him because I don't know that anyone would have it in him.
4: You know, what, what, <laughs> if, what, if, what if you look at this, what if you're Ryan Poles, you look at this and you're like, okay, I think Caleb Williams is going to be like Josh Allen can run when he needs to take him uh, okay <laughs> and what if he says I think Drake May is gonna be like Justin Herbert because that's the comp we've heard from May right right yeah d- different profiles yeah, d- no, different, I, different well, styles yeah like, like if you're if you're sitting there if you're him and you think that's interesting right that 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 the number two guy is also really damn good, which may be possible. So some of the scouting reports on the number two guy are freaking great. Remember yeah. the, the piece the Bigs did where he talked to yeah. all the same people about both quarterbacks? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, right. Yeah, that's so, interesting. so, so, so if if that's where he is, <sighs> uh, yeah, still hard, but you might con- you might consider that really
2: hard. Yeah, yeah, Cause no, because I I definitely think that if Justin Herbert was in Buffalo's situation. He would be doing exactly what. Like I, I, don't think that there is much difference in their talents. I think that Herbert has had, but there's difference Anthony, in their styles. There is some difference in their in their styles. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think that they are both great players who are capable of
3: winning Super Bowls, mm-hmm. plural. With that's yeah, that's interesting. Um, Do you remember who one of Mitch Trubisky's most popular comps was?
4: Hold on, this is this is really fun. I'm glad you asked because it just thinking about Mitch in general is a great time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hmm.
2: Josh Allen. No. I guess yeah, that wouldn't make
3: much sense. No, it draft wouldn't. Did. Yeah. Carson yeah. Palmer. Ryan Tannehill. Oof. I went back and looked that up this weekend. <laughs> One of the most popular <laughs> comps for Mitch Trubisky in the moment, uh, like 2017 drafts. Sure. Ryan Tannehill. Well,
4: Tannehill by then was in was in Tennessee and doing really good things. Really well, yeah. After having you know failed up from Miami. Huh.
3: Well.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they took him. They took him ahead of (laughs) Mahomes. So
3: I'm saying that to like wait yeah, they d- did <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 like temper your yeah. expectations on comps <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're comping children oh, yes the, yes Caleb Williams Jaden Daniels Drake May Bo Nix Sam Hartman well he's not a child he's 43 <laughs> the rest of them <laughs> children uh,
2: would this be enough that's so that's the other question would this be enough for you and I know you for you Shane for sure because you want them to keep Fields but. Would this be enough for you as a Caleb guy? Taney, not sure where you come out on what they should do. on this. be like,
3: I'm a (laughs) flip-flopper. I get it. There's compelling arguments on both sides. I'm a flip-flopper and a wheel watcher. Perry Farrell was singing that song today. Something (laughs) about Agua and Dolphins and flip-flopping.
2: Would it be Uh, enough for you? Would this trade be enough for you? The eighth pick, two seconds, and two firsts next year.
4: Man, if I felt. In addition
2: to your own picks. Two seconds this year? Because you'd get. Washington second and Atlanta second Washington's first and Atlanta's first next year plus yeah. your own picks
4: if I felt better about fields yeah I, I, I do it I don't you know I was on an Atlanta radio station this morning okay and the, and I was able to, to describe you know that Justin's main issue is I think the most important factor in truly being an elite quarterback which is pocket quarterback stuff yeah. You know, being great, being truly great from the pocket on time and on schedule. And that's his main issue. So, so it, to me, it's it's a non-starter, like trading down to eight and not getting any of these quarterbacks. Although you are at eight and nine, I guess you could draft and stash. You could do that, right? You could take J.J. McCarthy with one of your eights or nines. Uh, that
2: I probably... I you, you would lose it? Yeah, like aneurysm on the air. <laughs> like... If they, if they, what if, 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 they, they paid, if they, if they, they just trade Justin. for all those assets and uh-huh. then take the fourth quarterback prospect when Justin was the fourth hey, prospect, man. no, I, I don't think I could do that. Do you see
4: the item in Peter King's column uh, about the first, I think it was the first uh, eight games of Aaron Rodgers and the first eight games of Jordan Love? Exactly the same numbers, yep. like eerily <laughs> similar. They've now done it twice draft traits. For the second, third, or fourth quarterback, or uh, whoever, yeah. just because they like the guy, and, and then have, stash him and have him learn. But you know the difference. It's, it's a f- Hall of Famer.
2: First ballot Hall of Famer. It's, it's a good point. <laughs> it's a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> Not going to lie. It's, it's a good point. It's different. It's just a
4: different thing. Yeah. So, is, is, it, is it enough? Yeah, I mean, if I was a Fields believer, hell Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. It's an unbelievable haul.
2: It's an unbelievable haul. To,
4: have, to get your two twos, to have two twos in a year when you don't have any, uh, all of a sudden.
2: And three firsts for next year.
4: And three ones for next I, year.
2: And the eighth and ninth pick this year.
4: This is why people get excited. I, I this know. is why field believers get especially excited and and frankly get condescending. They get mean when they talk to you and the, they talk they, to me. They're, they're very mean. They're, they get very mean because <laughs> they, they imagine a haul like this and it feels really good. To imagine that hall. It does. If you believe in Justin.
2: It does. My counter argument is if Caleb Williams is what he is supposed to be, there's literally no amount of draft picks that you could trade for that player. That's the that's the counter argument. People are like, Oh, look at what you got last year. Yeah. I am adding Caleb Williams Mm -hmm. to the Bryce Young trade. What other people are doing is trading the number one pick yeah. and putting it on top of the Bryce Young trade. I'm saying last year's trade got you Tyreek Stevenson, Darnell Wright, DJ Moore, and Caleb Williams. Yes, that, That's the difference because there's, if you called the Bills and said, hey, do you want the eighth pick, the ninth pick, three first-round picks and two second-round picks for Josh Allen, mm-hmm. they'd hang up the phone. If you called the Bengals and said, hey, do you want the eighth pick, the ninth pick, three first-rounders next year and two second-rounders this year, for Joe Burrow, they'd hang up the phone. The the top five quarterback in the NFL –
4: is way more valuable than this. Than this. Which, which is amazing to consider, but it's true. But it's true because yeah. you have that guy for you, 12 years. Because you've got the guy and you're building around him and, <laughs> it, and it defines everything that you're doing. It's and you're, con- not, you're not hunting for that guy.
2: It's con- it's continuity. It's now you draft receivers based on what he likes and offensive linemen based on what he likes and higher play callers based on what he likes. Yes. And, and it, the, the whole thing is off of that guy.
4: Yeah. A couple yeah. texters here. One, <laughs> Speaks is always so condescending and just wrong. How dare you, sir? You spelled Parkins I was incorrectly. Say, That's we gotta bad. Get, we got to get
2: one out of a thousand texts with that description, with your name at the front of it instead uh, of mine. Go on. Uh, here's
4: another one. The Fields people would still be mad because you didn't get Marvin Harrison Jr. in that scenario. That's a good point.
2: That is hilarious, but true. Yeah. And,
4: and then a third texture points out the Kurt Warner thread the other day on Twitter, which yeah. we should give some time to at some point this week before the quarterbacks work out on Friday. Yeah. I thought it was really really smart thread about how difficult it is to evaluate college quarterbacks in terms of what their NFL futures are because obviously obviously, right people still get it wrong teams teams get it wrong every year and somebody's going to get it horrifically wrong this year maybe a couple of them
2: and maybe the Bears I hope not I hope not I hope not but that's where I ultimately come down on all of these trade because people are doing it on the internet every day King's Ransom Trades, every draft pick in the world is the Bears, and I still just ask people, okay, mm-hmm. do you have the generational quarterback? And if your answer is that's Fields, okay, then we just we, we disagree because all of those picks are not worth Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, uh, Herbert, Lamar. They're just not. Yeah. They're not. None of those teams would trade that player for all of those picks. So that's why I still come out – on take the QB. I think, by the way, the QBs speak on Friday and work out on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah, just for for people to be ready for that.
4: Um, My favorite random thing in, in Peter King's Football Morning in America, he just lists a bunch of, like, quotes that he remembers from certain things. Here's one. While he was at a game in 1997, injury report for the Patriots from the press box announcer. Injury report for the Patriots. Long snapper Mike Bartram has a broken arm. He will return. I love that. Freaking long snappers, man. He's <laughs> got a broken arm. I'm still good to go. They don't really do anything. Right? Especially if it's the left arm. Certainly yeah. don't need their arms. One would assume he's snapping with the other arm. They, they don't
3: even, you really even have to block. No. no you're not no. allowed to stand over the long snapper. Right, exactly. Great gig. You know, oh, What a gig. Just work on your golf game.
4: Mike Bartram has a broken arm. He will return. The
3: guy with the one arm.
2: <laughs> he's got a long snapping career. So, you want uh, at 4 o'clock, Tanny's audio tribute to Chris Chelios, but why the market didn't materialize for Bellinger and where this team sits today now that they have him. Next on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.
1: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
10: The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I am actually doing a radio show with Parkinson Spiegel, and I wasn't particularly good. I mean, not that that's a new thing. Afternoons on the score. We kind of always felt like that in a way, but... Yeah, Belly was a unique situation, so he's he's part of this club, you know. He's one of us, and it, there was a little void in here for sure before he came back. So just seeing him in here, man, getting a hug, smiling. I know he'll be back to work soon. Tying the room together.
2: It's Kyle Hendricks talking about Cody Bellinger, la, 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 who's back in the fold for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah,
4: I stand by... The, what I said in transition. Burnsy knew he nailed the metaphor, pretended to be tortured by not having it perfectly.
2: Just wanted to bring it back for the big audience that is transitioning to get our approval. I
4: respect the move, frankly.
2: It's, me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm always learning from that guy. He's so talented. He's really good at it.
4: Oh, I snorted. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I really did. You sure did. I sure did.
2: How about the uh, the timing? The, over, the, the Saturday night late?
4: How about the fact that it was on the eighth year anniversary of when Dexter oh, Fowler. Fowler showed yeah. up at spring training. It was exactly that, that, that day. It was crazy. And that Bellinger was out there, man. How did he, that season end? Very well.
2: When Fowler came back, it was a good one, right? Ex-
4: extremely well. Okay, good. I, I still haven't watched the Game 7 documentary. With uh, Oh, wow. You were talking about all those? I was afraid to watch it. I told you I was afraid to watch it. I still am. I still am.
2: No. That can't be what
4: happens. I, 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 I don't want <laughs> anyone
2: buying that. No, no, I'm
9: guessing he was rehearsing for all these gigs he was doing.
2: Yeah, if we're playing with Eddie Vedder,
4: I did. Yeah. I didn't have two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't have. We two get
2: hours. it. And yeah.
9: by the way, they won the
3: game. I don't want to ruin it for you.
9: <laughs> you shouldn't be scared to watch. That. I was
4: scared to hit I have to play get all the way
9: to the this documentary.
3: Yeah. Dang, can you break it? down Can you whiteboard that for anyone who didn't hear that segment? What were the reasons again? You're afraid to watch it
4: because I was going to get mad all over again at Joe Madden when he screws up the stuff. They've and... won.
9: This is the MLB Network documentary with Tito Francona and Joe Maddon. Yeah, right? Watch yeah, yeah. along. Yeah, yeah right.
4: And I was going to see Joe, again, not take ownership of it or point the thumb in any way. And I know how much that damaged the years to follow and the relationships with everything. And Let me tell you something. Part of the demise. If Terry Francona can rewatch it, you can rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know
2: he's getting paid, but so are you.
9: Tougher loss
4: for him? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so
2: scared to hit play on this documentary that I could fast forward through on MLB uh, Network.
4: Whatever. You guys don't understand me. No. No. You don't? No. We don't. How could we ever? Or if you do and you figured something out, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Because <laughs> I could use the help. It's frankly.
3: valuable. It's just—it's so odd to me that <laughs> you know the result. You, you know that it ended really well. Shane,
4: I watched it again. Like uh, when the DVD came out, I watched it again, and I literally got uh, exactly as angry as I did the first time. One hundred percent as angry.
3: It's like you're going into like eating oh, sh- a piece of chocolate cake, Here and we go, you're Jim. like, "Man." Uh, you've had chocolate cake before. You know exactly how it tastes. You know you're going to like the outcome, yep. but you're like going into it, man, I wonder how this is going to taste. You know how it's going to taste, and you're going
4: to enjoy it. No, but there's a big crap burger in the middle of the chocolate cake, and I know I'm going to have to eat that to get through to the other side. Wait, we're talking about your mom's meatloaf again? <laughs> you take my mom's meatloaf out of your mouth. I will. I don't want it in there. I <laughs> don't oh, it got in there in the first place. It would never go in there. That's the point. Anyway, we were talking about Cody Bellinger. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, cool. So, anyway. meatloaf tastes good. <laughs> I think it does. I <laughs> think oh it does. My God, he had a meatloaf cut <laughs> from Joe Madden. You know what that did right there? Tied the room. Tied the room. <laughs> the room. It tied the room together. Did it scare you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It went>, <laughs> Joe Madden's voice. Ah! Oh, oh, Joe. Yeah. That, uh, that, so you know, scary. Danny, that, that really tied the room together. I think you nailed it. You should bring it up in transition <laughs> tomorrow and see if Bernstein <laughs> thinks that you nailed it. Let's get oh, his, get his opinion on it. Um, so here's the thing about Bellinger. Oh, yeah, 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 sports. His numbers, his, like, metrics were bad in terms of hard hit rate. Yep. Exit velocity. He pulled the ball less than he had sin- in any year since his rookie year. I think it freaked people out because I know it freaked Cubs fans out last year. If you're a baseball savant person, why is all this blue? Why, why is there so much blue on his baseball savant page? That's too much blue. It's scary. And if you're out of town, if you're an out-of-town GM and, and a th- or out-of-town front office think tank, you're like, I don't trust it because that's what the group think is. But the truth is what we know to be true, and some people did write about it over the offseason and do their deep dives, that he did that stuff by choice. By choice, man. Two-strike approach. He shortened up with two strikes. He made the conscious effort to go the other way. He sacrificed power for contact. He's the dream of what Dropped
2: the strikeout percentage.
4: He's the the dream of what— you know, they wanted everybody to be among the Schwarber, Rizzo's, Bryants, where he can have power on the first two strikes of an at-bat, and then when there's two strikes, he can become Tony Gwynn. Like, that's what they wanted everybody to be. He has the bat control to be that kind of person. He's a very rare, athletic, flexible, malleable hitter. So they know that. So they want him back, and they're willing to have him back. But all these other teams are not willing to go six for 150 or six for 200. And they used that to their advantage. And that was just, that was the truth every step of the way of this offseason. So they used that to their advantage and they dared Boris to find better and he couldn't.
2: I think that part of the business side of it is, it can't be highlighted enough. There is still some Jed skepticism among Cubs fans and on some corners of the internet, like straight up cynicism about Ricketts and Jed and Theo was the guy who was the architect, but you know, Jed's just an extension of Theo and Ricketts spent to get the one world series and and won't again. Jed read the market perfectly. He didn't negotiate against himself. He never disparaged the player. He knew his own value, he, the value to the team. Like, Did you read Ken Rosenthal today in The Athletic about Council? Uh, it was really good.
4: No, I didn't get a chance it, to yet. Yeah. But
2: it was, it was about how Council is challenging Jed. Good. And, 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 like, and that's what Jed wants. Exactly. And w- it was what we talked about around the hire, right? And, but it, it brought up that Council makes more than Jed. And that Jed said to him, you know, uh, had a conversation about, like, you know, we need a three-hitter. And council said, no, we need a three-win player. Uh And it's become like a a joke, and it was like said in in good jest, but like three-hitter v. three-win player. And just like council kind of using – no, you can use the analytically front-office-driven terminology with me. (laughs) How about Uh, that? I'll be fine with it. And it's become kind of like a running banter. And it was in the context of them having a Bellinger conversation. That's that's,
4: that's really interesting.
2: Right? And so that – they know what Bellinger meant to them, but it those three wins, it wasn't. It doesn't need to only be offense. It's Michael Bush Insurance. It's PCA Insurance. Yes. It's, it's defense. Yes. It's two strike approach. And it, and it's it, leadership. It's vibes. It's it's all of the things, and then hopefully still twenty five plus home runs.
4: Yeah, no, that, that, it's that's good stuff. And it's the leadership and the vibes part, or the soft factor part that council does care about. That we know Jed cares about too, is that Bellinger's approach. To shorten up with two strikes, to use the whole field is contagious. With it, when it it is attractive, is what it is. And when your best player,
2: highest paid,
4: highest play middle highest of the paid, order, former MVP. Former MVP world champ, when he's willing to do that, more hitters become willing to do that. Yeah, we talked to
2: Nico about that a little bit last Absolutely year. Absolutely did.
4: Yeah. And and he completely espoused that. So that's a soft factor. That that is how do, you, how do you add that to your wins above replacement? Yeah, how do you know. do it? But, right. but, but it, they do it. They, they do it. Yeah. and it, so it's, it's in Ivy. That stuff, it's in their Ivy. And, and so I think something that Cubs fans,
2: you know, I never panicked about the offseason because I didn't think that Jed would say what he said at the convention if there wasn't yeah. more to come. And they have spent – And I believe that they will spend, and they've been a luxury tax team, and I believe that they will be a luxury tax team again. So I've been pretty calm about this entire operation. I do think that Cubs fans are going to just need to kind of get geared up for maybe it's not going to be, you know, uh, Yamamoto and Shohei and, like, the, the $300 million... 9-year, 10-year contracts. It's not going to be
4: Steve going it's not going to be Steve Cohen going for it and then trading everybody away and gutting it the next year. But
2: even of the four shortstops last year, they got the guy that a lot of people said was the third or fourth option and he signed the shortest contract. Well, I guess not shorter than Correa, but you know what I mean that he he signed the 7 years, not what did Bogart's got 12 11.
4: 11. You know I mean, Turner got 10. Right,
2: so he, he they didn't get the 10 or 11-year deal. They didn't get the $300 million deal. But
4: but they kind of got the best one, both at like, least for last year. And they were patients. Yeah. So here's here's the thing, though. It's not just um a Jed and Cubs win. It's part of an MLB win against Boris. Some great radio the other day with David Sampson and with Molly and Hall when he said, I think all these guys are gonna sign short deals. And David challenged him back. David said, Well, isn't that collusion? Like, because it was like it sounds like it sounds like collusion. And David said, I I don't think it's collusion if it's just uh, a shared wisdom that that has come to permeate the game, that you want to do this as little as possible, you know, and these particular players fit profiles. It was really... Because that's what's happened here. Jed had that in his back pocket, that people were scared by the underlying numbers like we talked about, and that the entire league is pushing back on Boris, at least for these four players.
2: So there was a moment with our own insider as to what's next that is pretty damn instructive uh, that all Cubs fans should hear. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Well,
7: that uh,
4: there's the name. Afternoons on the score.
7: Gift
10: runs in the top of the inning. It's 5-2 Cubs. Bellinger drives one in the air. That'll get the momentum
4: back for the Cubs side. Get out the tape masher. Long gone to right field. Off the video board. They hit one off that video board. When's your game? Sunday the 10th of March in Mesa. There you I'll, go. I'll miss the show on Friday the 8th. Um, As I head out there and hang out at Mesa, I'm looking forward to watching some games and talking to a bunch of folks, doing my research, make uh, some relationships for you and I here at the show and for hit and run, stuff like that. And then, yes, Sunday, Coomer and I do Cubs Rangers on the road uh, at the Rangers Arizona complex. All right. Very excited. That's not bad. Crazy excited.
3: Uh, Well, opening day preview. Yes, yes, sir. How about that? Yes, sir. You should mention that in the broadcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's going to be the same rosters. <laughs> See all these guys? They'll be there. They'll be there. Corey Singer's going to play this entire game. Look at that guy, Joe Smith, number 106, <laughs> over there playing first base.
9: Ron Coomer's with me. Hey, Coom, can you carry any of this over an opening day facing a picture like
3: this? No. 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 You,
4: can't. No. you know it, what, Matt? It, isn't, no. that, isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. <That's> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good coom. Yeah, isn't that something? It, it is. is. It, it really is something. Is something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, coom, what can you learn about a team here, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the 10th of March? You know what I should do? I should just interview him like uh, John Triffin does with Steve Stone. I'll just do that. Yeah. You
2: know what I mean? Tee him up.
4: <laughs> just tee him up. Steve Stone Let show. Let him go. Uh, so uh, The Coomer <laughs> broadcast. Yeah. Uh, it would be good, actually.
2: Yeah, it would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Grody and Hall were doing a show. <laughs> yeah, they were, and the Bellinger on, on be- Sunday,
4: right? Yeah, yeah I, I heard uh, a bunch of it. I heard Chelios on with them.
2: Yeah, exactly from Kaiser Tiger, and the uh, the Bellinger news had come out obviously. So Bruce joins the show, and they, of course, because we can never just be satisfied with what happened. You got to ask about what
10: happened next, and this is what happened. You get that one deal done, and sometimes, Bruce, it leads to more. Anything left in the tank in, of in terms of consequence, in terms of signings for Jed Hoyer now that no. Cody Bellinger is no, here? No. No.
3: Wow. No. 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 I mean, <laughs> why? They're already over the luxury tax. Okay. So, so that's that. Okay. No. Well, I mean, you know, you
2: can you can sit there and dream about uh, Chapman or d- dream about uh, J.D. Martinez, but th- that's that's not a part of the plan. The plan is right now to uh, augment the roster with Bellinger being in there and their young players come through the system. They believe in their young players. Bruce Levine, baseball expert. A little surprising that he was very quick to shut down the fact that this does not mean the Cubs are not now going to open the door for Matt Chapman. Going yeah, I just spend I, I, on I, another. <laughs>
10: Pitcher. I mean, we were just talking about how reasonable the contract is and the idea, okay, that there's still some money, but apparently there's not still money to spend. And yeah, Bruce couldn't get that out of his mouth before I even <laughs> asked the question.
6: What? That's it. No more. Bruce is not I wasting mean, any time because he knows this is a hockey show. <laughs> this is a hockey
4: broadcast. <laughs> I, I don't believe that's factually correct, though. It's
2: not. The, the, so I think
4: it's a misunderstanding in the moment. From Bruce, not realizing exactly where they are. Because I
2: think that they're at 217, according to Track, 217, 218 million in 2024 payroll committed. And I believe the first threshold of the luxury tax doesn't come in until 234 million. 237? Or two, or yeah, I, okay. I believe two.
4: it's 237. Because I remember doing this math um, right when the offseason began because I thought they would consider going over the tax. Um, and, and, and I think they would consider going over the tax. So I don't think they're necessarily completely and utterly full on done. I, I don't. I di- I disagree with, with with Bruce because the numbers I, I actually still work in their favor. If if the structure could be similarly flexible, like if it's a one year deal with somebody, I know J D Martinez is out there, but that would be. And I love him. I think he's got at least another one great year. He absolutely raked for the Dodgers last year. You know, uh, but then but then you really don't – then Morrell has to play third, like, all the time and, and not get DH bats because J.D. is DH only, and I don't think they want to do that. But, like, Matt Chapman, if Chapman was going to take a one-year deal with a team opt-out or something, you know <laughs> – Like a it, mutual option? Yeah, like a mutual – like a one-in-one if you wanted to do a pillow deal with a one-in-one. No no, no, no.
10: Wow, no. No,
2: no. I mean – Why? So <laughs> – Why? Why is a good follow-up question there, by the <laughs> It's yeah. The one I would have asked.
4: So, I mean, we should look into it further just to make sure. No, no, no it,
2: it, it's I think we cor- got it. it's correct. Yeah.
4: Um, so, so they still could conceivably,
2: unless the argument is is that the next guy would definitely take them into the tax, but they wouldn't be set up for the repeater tax. And I would think that for the right guy, they would. So, you went to Chapman, and I know that they're now talking about Morel at at third. Mm-hmm. What about Snell? Yeah, what, I mean, what what if it's a short-term deal for Snell? Man. I know I know you're a little higher on the on, 1 through 5 nature of the starting staff than I am and we're obviously in complete agreement that there are other names there like Cade Horton hopefully for the rotation, maybe Ben Brown for the rotation or certainly for the bullpen. Yeah. But if if, if Snell for some reason had to take a short high AAV deal or a one-year deal with an opt out which I don't know why he would.
4: He might – he's not getting the big deals uh, coming his way.
2: I know, but would – yeah, I mean –
4: I don't. I, I don't. I don't
2: know why he'd have to take a one-year deal.
4: I, I don't know why he'd have to take a one-year either. But I've. I mean, the the he latest was rumor six, I saw him is a two is a two-year deal with the Yankees was the latest rumor I saw. Snell he had 180
2: not, innings last year with 234 strikeouts and a 2.25 ERA. Uh-huh. With a he was a six WAR player yeah. as a lefty. Yeah. I have no idea why he would need to take a one-year deal. In fact, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't.
4: Because he frustrates people. He frustrates some teams um, for a variety of reasons. One is he walks. Walks a lot of people. He walks, led, led
2: baseball and walks. He, last year.
4: he walks a lot of people, and but he also
2: led an ERA plus. I know,
4: I know. But there is, there's, there's some belief out there that he's very, very stubborn and it, not the easiest guy to manage and have. Um, and and you remember him being vocal about getting taken out short uh, by Kevin Cash in the World Series. Because most people do not believe that he can go deep in, in a particular game. He's just not very trusted in that third time through. And he freaking hates that and is a personality that's not truly beloved by managers around the game. So okay. so those two factors is part of why he's not finding a, a big old giant deal uh, presented to him.
2: Yeah. I, they obviously have to keep money back for additions at the trade deadline. Uh, like every team does, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't, I, I think that Bruce is probably plugged in and correct, but I don't think that they couldn't add more if the right player became available at the right price. So that's, that's where I would
4: put yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, they don't want to go over into the repeater tax where they're over one year and they go over again the next year. So is this the year that you're like, I think we're great enough to win the whole damn thing. Let's go ahead and go over. Maybe? Probably
2: not. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. Probably
4: not. because you don't feel th- like you have F- that But that's maybe next year. Maybe it's next year.
2: Maybe it's next year. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't know. Is, the, is next year's free agent class much better than this year's? This, much better. This was not a great free Correct. agent
4: year. Correct.
2: Who are the top names next year? Um, Actually, no, I should know. David Eckstein.
4: Yeah, David Eckstein is going to get a lot. Eddie Stanky is, is also available.
3: Sean Figgins.
2: <laughs> but next year is considered much yes. better?
4: Yes, especially on the pitching front.
2: Okay. Right. boink uh, yeah Garrett Cole Justin Verlander Max Scherzer Corbin Burns yeah Corbin Burns Max Fried Shane Bieber Zach Wheeler Walker Bueller yeah those are good names yeah
4: okay yeah, yeah Zach Wheeler Philly's trying to do do a, an extended contract but yeah there's a lot of names right there that's yeah, good
7: to have fun with yeah,
4: names we agree Pat <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm.
2: coming up speaks his stories from Sharing a stage with Eddie Vedder and more, plus Tanny's audio tribute to Chris Chelios. Parkinson Spiegel on the score.
10: Today we proudly retire the jersey of one of the most iconic and enduring figures in Chicago Blackhawks
7: history. One of the greatest defensemen to ever play the game.
10: Chelios tried to move along the board. That will do it. The will win the the
7: cup. You know, he could play defense, offense, tough
6: as nails.
5: Chelio's, incidentally, I mentioned during that big postgame brawl in Montreal that there was a trail of blood on the ice. It was from the hands of Chelio.
6: He wasn't playing within the rules. He was going to play on that fine line. He knew what the edge was. He knew how to play on it.
10: Chelio's going at it behind the play. It is ice I think. Look out, Grover to Chelio. Chelios taking a swing at a hatcher. would be ill-advised to Chelios. The
4: passion that he plays with the game, I mean, he just couldn't get enough of this guy. The
10: Chicago boy, Chris Chelios, who has just been spectacular with a heavy workload, and it seems that the more he plays, the better he
6: gets. I'd like to thank the Blackhawks organization for bringing me back home.
11: A capacity crowd, better than 17,000 at Chicago Stadium, home of the Chicago Blackhawks, the team with the best overall record in the NHL. They've come out for the
5: 42nd National Hockey League All-Star Game. And on defense, the 1989 North Trophy winner from Chicago, Illinois, one of your own. From the Chicago Blackhawks, number seven, Chris Kelly-O. A rousing ovation. For the native of Chicago, a member of the Blackhawks, and an all-star first-teamer, Chris Chelios. An
10: NHL record, no team has ever won 11 straight playoff games until now, and the Blackhawks will make their first appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals in 19 years.
5: Mike Keenan told me yesterday that Chris Chelios in the playoffs has played as well as any defenseman that he has ever coached. Chelios scores! Barrasso got a piece of it, but not a Power play goal. Chelios of Chicago.
6: Winner for the Norris
5: Award goes to Chris Chelios. Chelios the shot, he scores! What can he do as a captain? Provide some offense. Congratulations, Shelly, on your 1,000th game.
6: Hawks
10: win! Hawks win again! Chris Chelios in overtime after the Savard setup. Hawks are into the Western Conference Finals. Yesterday, Detroit sent a not-so-subtle
2: message to the rest of the NHL. We will not relinquish Lord Stanley's Cup without a fight.
10: The Wings unveiled their new faces for Chalios and Wendell Clark. Chalios is shot,
5: scared! Chris Chalios, the former Blackhawk, let it go!
6: Come
3: on, guys, let's bygones be bygones
6: here, right? I'm one of you. I'll always be one of you from Chicago, and I'm proud of the fact I'm from Chicago. Now comes the tradition of the handoff.
3: Who will get the Stanley Cup handed to them? Chris Chelios. Three-time Norris Trophy winner and three-time Stanley Cup winner.
5: Chris Chelios is not human. A
10: three-time captain of Team USA in the Olympics.
5: Not only will he go in the Hall of Fame, I think he should go in the Smithsonian. Please welcome Chris Chelios, inducted into the Hockey
9: Hall
7: of Fame. This is
10: the greatest American-born player in the history of the National Hockey League. Chris
7: Chelios! I couldn't be more proud to represent you, the Chicago
6: Blackhawks, the city of Chicago, as one of your own. Thank you, everybody.
2: Well done, Chris Tannehill, as if there was ever a doubt. Chris Chelios having the number retired at the United Center over the weekend. The social scene of Chicago.
4: Danny, um, Tanny is wearing the Blackhawks hat today. Did you get to the game, Tanny? I know you were thinking about going over I there. I did
9: not. No, I decided to stay home and take it in on TV, listen to it, make sure I didn't miss any moment of the presentation. And I'm I'm, I'm glad I did. It looked like a lot of fun, but uh, I I really enjoyed watching it on television.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a great it was a great watch. I was watching the the intro stuff on TV before I headed over there, like around the middle of the game, I have to go do the thing after. But like, my God, just the Hawks feels you must have had as a fan to see all those guys to see. You know, we've seen Ronick a lot, but I hadn't seen Tony Amonti in a long time. Like, just certain... Like, the way yeah. that some of these guys have, have aged, it's like you feel your own age as, as you're looking at that kind of stuff.
9: Yeah, too. it's awesome. Like, growing up, for me... It was what a time to be a sports fan in Chicago because my favorite teams, obviously, the White Sox with Frank Thomas, the Bulls, obviously, Michael Jordan, and then the Hawks had my guys. They had Chelios and Ronick and Belfort and Steve Larmer, who's been on the station, which has been wild. Yeah. You know, so like being a fan at that time, it's just, it's anything you could ever ask for as a kid growing up, eight, nine, 10 years old. So seeing all those guys come out and support, you know, yesterday, it was just amazing seeing all of them together again.
2: One of my first in person sports memories was an Eddie Belfort chant after a shutout at the old Chicago stadium with my dad. And so like Tanny was a bigger hockey fan than I was as a kid, but I did go to the games in person. They weren't on TV. And then there was the Jordan bulls. So I was, you know, an am Mm -hmm. a thousand X, the NBA fan that I am the NHL fan. But as I was watching that thing over the weekend, I was struck by we just had the comp of the ring of honor for the 95-96, you know, my favorite Bulls team ever. We just had it, yeah, right? And all of the weirdness that came out of that, some that they could have seen coming, some that they didn't, some based on who attended, some based on who didn't attend, the drama, the relationships, the soap opera nature, the documentary. That was an 11 out of 10 event. They It was perfect. And I think a lot of it is Chelios. And his Malibu mob and his celebrity friendship. And and just
4: his vibe. Like, uh, the hockey royalty in attendance loves him. Yes. They all genuinely love
2: him. Yeah, Gretzky showing up for him. Unbelievably cool.
4: Do you know how many members of the three-cup Blackhawks were there? You know? like Well, that's partly
2: for Chelios and partly because Kane's making his return.
4: Absolutely. But that was...
2: Like the Bulls thing, they chose to do it on the day when the Warriors are in town for Kerr. Yes. They choose to do it on the same day that Kane is there and that brings back a lot of other people.
4: But like the like Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith and Marion Hosa, um and and those guys who played against him, you know. They freaking love him. Nothing but respect sure. for that guy. And the little the story came out over the weekend that he was given the opportunity to get traded back to Chicago for the 2010 season, and he could have been like a coattail rider as the oldest defenseman on that team. And he's like, "Nah, nah, let them let them have that. I don't want to get in their way." And all that like that's Supposedly what he said, but yeah, man, like there's a lot of love. And I got to tell you, the event after that, like that party that they threw for him that the band played at and Eddie Vedder played at and all that stuff, that was an 11 out of 10. Like, the whole thing. Like, Chelly's Chili had a thing. There were little hot dog set up. There was a Stanley's booth because he loves Stanley's. There was, like, chicken and mashed potatoes from Ch- Stanley's stuff. There was? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because he because la- he's all about Stanley's. There was a whole bunch of, like, Chellio's specific merch at the thing. And then everywhere yeah, you they look, got
9: me, they got me for the, the black Chelios jersey with the captain C, the one that Seabrook was wearing. Yeah. Seabrook was wearing yeah, it, yeah, which is really cool. Because you know, he wore the merit. same
4: seven. It's like it's right. like Fergie wearing a, a or like Maddox wearing a Fergie Jenkins jersey because they shared a number. That kind of thing. Yeah, That was so really you, cool. You,
2: you bought the jersey over the Instead
9: weekend? Instead of going over to the game, I was like, oh, I've at least the jersey I'll be able to, you know, have forever. And yeah, you have the memories of the game forever, but yeah. they got me. They got me for the same dollar amount <laughs> yeah. as
11: that's it would have been with a
9: ticket and parking and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. They got But you. if had I had gone to the game, I would have probably had to get both, and that's really expensive. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, man. <laughs> like that, that black Blackhawks jersey just hits a, a, a really specific note with people of my age. Like there's rumors they're going to bring it back next year, but it's like rare. And to see that with the captaincy, uh, Wow, that's an awesome piece of merch right there. Good so,
4: so like it was probably six or seven members of the the Three Cup Blackhawks team all hanging out at one part of the party. And by this time, I you know had a drink. I was a little loosened up. I was no. know, like, just a little. And no, I'm like,
2: you got loose at one of these things. But
4: everybody's vibe was so good, and everyone's like, "All right, I got to talk to some of these guys." Come on, I covered some of these guys. So I I talked to Marian Hosa. I reminded him, I said, I, you know, I don't know if you remember, we talked on the radio a couple of times. I'm the one who asked you if you work out. And he laughed his ass off. He's like, yeah, people bring that up. I don't remember. Now, okay, you asked me that. But, like, yeah, I was trying to You ta- nailed that, dude. Yeah. You
3: nailed that accent. Bring it back. Run it back. <laughs> but, but I was They like, talk
4: about you in this kind of, this sense of awe because you seem to be able to hold guys off with one arm while still stick handling with the other arm, better than maybe anybody they've ever seen. Do you, do you work out? A lot, Marion. So I had to remind him of the context of it.
8: Oh so man, that, that I can't was... get enough of that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's so good. It's like a dog's love being Yeah. You know, except it's Everlast. you instead
2: of me. <laughs> That's
8: the best part of it. Of
4: course oh, it is. Course it's so it is. good.
8: Do it
9: again. Um,
4: they... <laughs> no,
8: sorry.
9: they talk
4: about yeah, you in this do. kind of this sense of <laughs> awe because you seem to be able to hold guys off with one arm while still stick handling with the other arm better than maybe anybody they've ever seen. Do you do you work out a lot, Marion? <laughs> <laughs> was it planned? What? Because no. Did you like think ahead
3: of time? No. I'm gonna ask him if he works
4: out. I, no. What I was thinking was, I wonder if there's some specific kind of strength training that he does to achieve that particular skill. <laughs> and instead, what came out is, "Do you work out?"
2: Would have been a good question, the one that you had thought about, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Instead, he could that's have said, a "Great question." Could have said,
4: "Yeah, I do some core work," and I was thinking about that. And I know you didn't. Yeah. Instead, he said, "Uh."
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I exercise.
9: I do work out. <laughs> Again, spot on, man. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. You told me to bring it back. Man. Yeah,
9: bring it back I'm right as here. often
4: as you want. <laughs> all right, do, all right. do you work out a lot, Marion? <laughs> what was his answer? Does do we have his answer?
2: I, I think the answer is not yes. as memorable as the question. No, I know, I know. Uh, got so, all right, so you get to remind Marion host, of the do you work out question. Yeah, and then I met,
4: I met Duncan Keith and his girlfriend, and I reminded Duncan Keith that uh, I was the guy who had helped write and then sing Duncan Keith and he's got no teeth. Okay, and he laughed. He said, "Oh yeah, I've, people play that for me sometimes." <laughs> again, I nailed it. Right. Really, most Duncan again,
7: Keith and he's got
2: no teeth.
4: That's me. That's right. Prob. Okay, so, so amazing.
2: And, so you're going around doing the. Do you remember? That was awesome. And then
4: I'm talking. Then I talked to Seabrook. Yeah, and I've never talked to Seabrook, but I've heard great things about him. Sure, and. I said, hey, man, can I bring up one thing? And he said, yeah. And I said, you remember when Taves was losing his mind against the Red Wings in the playoffs and he would committed two straight penalties and he interrupted me and said, three straight penalties. <laughs> and I said, yeah, three straight penalties. And you went over and screamed at him in the box. And I said, you're the only guy who could do that, right? You're the only guy who could go scream at the captain. And he said, Man, everybody brings that up to me. Why are you so fascinated with that? And I said, Well, because of the dynamic, man, because sometimes you need somebody to tell you hard truths. I love it about baseball teams, I love it about bands or whatever. And then he said, Yeah, well, you know, I, I love Taves, like in heat. And I, He's the same age as my little brother, so I was always very comfortable with him. And and yeah, nobody nobody had the stones to go talk to him, but I always knew that I could. You know, that's great. So it, and it was we kept going. We had like a really cool deep conversation. He was, I was hugely impressed with him because it reminded me of like so many old baseball teammates. Like we need somebody. It's your Martín Maldonado dream, dude. Uh, I know. I, I don't know if you saw what happened with that dream I, over I, the weekend. I absolutely did. But <laughs> the bro, run, man, it <laughs> just, just run. He already apologized. He too, yeah. yeah Well, Sox fans, you're doing this. It's February.
2: <laughs> We're questioning how hard Martin Maldonado runs yeah. in the spring training. Yeah. The
4: slogan for the year is fast.
3: <laughs> It's fast. Right. And he's supposed to be
7: the vibes, effort, clubhouse the accountability captain. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. They j- brought him
3: in to make sure everyone is a good pro. He was jogging slowly. He was slowly. His down his
9: Or Martin realizing, ooh, this team is really bad if they're worried about this. Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly. So, all right, bad comp. <laughs> Not the best comp. All right, right, right. But anyway, so yeah, that that was my hockey highlight, was talking to those dudes in like a chilled out setting when everybody's just hanging.
2: Right, which, sound, which sounds amazing, but then you were also, you know, you, you kind of had to play it, you know, you didn't have to tell us that this was going to happen.
4: I wasn't supposed to.
2: On the, on the front end. Yeah. But then, you know, so... You got to sing with Vetter again.
4: Uh, I got to sing with Vetter again. Well, for the Saturday party, I was late uh, late to because I was coming from another gig. So I missed a lot of stuff that happened at the Saturday party. But I did sing Sympathy for the Devil with Chelios on Saturday night, which was fun. But Sunday, like last night, man, it, it, um, John McEnroe and Patty Smythe um, come up, and she does uh, The Warrior and Goodbye to You. And she's married to McEnroe, so we rented him a lefty Telecaster – and he had the a badass vibe and she was like just a, a a sweet musician who needed a little reassurance because it's a weird band she's never played with you know yeah. what i mean and Vetter is the same. Like, he wants to really connect, and because he knows the music gets better. So, I get to be the guy who's just like giving people smiles. I get to like just try to give people the good vibes and help them feel comfortable. So, I did that with Patti Smythe, did that with Eddie, although it's not like he needed it completely, and he knows some of us. But, uh, and then Kid Rock comes up there. He doesn't need that from anybody. <laughs> what was he drinking? I, um, I didn't good see question. what he was drinking, but he was smoking cigars. On stage, off stage, apparently in the suite, didn't care. But like just as a musical experience, he didn't, he looked at us and said, you guys know this one? All right, cool. And then he just went freaking balls out, fronting and playing to the crowd. And he lit the room on freaking fire. And I understand what a loathsome batch of politics he has and everything. I get it. But, man, he was a great hang musically. <laughs>
3: he's, he's insanely talented. It
4: was- Kid Rock is one
3: of the most talented musicians on the planet.
4: I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, he is. No, Kid, Kid Rock, and no, Kid I'm Rock sorry. has one of the greatest <laughs> voices Danny on the planet. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay? Put my feet up here. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> we it's, it's, a,
3: it's not. You got any beers? I'm sorry. Uh, objectively, Kid Rock has one of the best voices on the planet. Okay, well that's. Uh, I would have given him the Patty Con Smythe Award <laughs> last night. Can I have a butt light? Anyone got a Bud <laughs> light here that I can
4: have? Yeah, no, there's a, too much to unpack there. But I will say, as a front man, badass. Powerful front man. At the end he, he gave me he gave me five. Dap me up. Dap me up a little bit. Right. Only five bucks? Yeah. Yeah. No. Should have been more. Should have been nice. more, right? Completely fearless balls to the wall um, of front man. So that was ball with the ball front man. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Danny that's what a Kid Rock song thank you
2: I told Danny said I could take a (laughs) laugh I don't have to laugh at the references I don't get
3: are you
4: gonna tell Kid Rock or Gretzky to put out their cigar when they're smoking cigars at the United Center
2: no that's the that's the Chappelle thing Chappelle smokes cigarettes anywhere he goes indoors and other comics will ask him like who he has to get away with that because they're all degenerates who smoke and Mm -hmm. he said he goes I'm Dave Chappelle (laughs) <laughs> so he, he smokes indoors at the comedy cellar in New York. He does. None of the other comics do.
4: But but he does. But he
2: does because he's Dave
4: Chappelle. Well, Gretzky and Kid Rock were like we're,
2: we're like Dave Chappelle.
4: Cigars all night. That's great. Wherever they went.
2: Yeah. I could see it for Gretzky. Didn't care. Yeah. And I guess I could see it for Kid <clears throat> Rock.
4: Too. But I, I mean tons of tons of musical highlights like the two the two things that I'll float on. I'm still floating on today, and I'll float. It had me for a couple days. I got to sing a verse on the wait by the band with Eddie. Uh, Dempster did a verse, Chelios did a verse, I did a verse, then Eddie did the fourth verse, and then we all sang harmonies at the end. That was freaking unbelievable. And then Eddie closed with "Baba O'Reilly" by The Who. I
2: heard so, song.
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a good one. So he's doing the Daltrey, he's kicking ass doing the lead vocal, but in the middle, Pete Townsend comes in. It's a different voice, so it, I knew it would have a better effect if there was a different voice. So I said, "Hey man, can I do do the Townsend?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, you can do it." So I got to sing the Townsend while he sang the Daltrey and a Who song.
8: Wow! G-
2: Good night, everybody. <laughs> cool. Good night. That's awesome. That's but like... you, you had to ask permission beforehand.
4: Absolutely. Okay. Right before the song, got to make sure. As, yeah. as you do on a stage, you got to fill out the parts. Like, hey man, can you, can can I do this? He said, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." So, yeah.
8: Yeah, that's I, amazing.
4: I, I got chills just thinking about it. Like, I don't know if the rock and roll dream gets better than that. Is
2: it for me? Is it recorded? Yeah. Yeah. I mean
4: I got I, I love to see it I sounded okay <laughs> you know? Well, you sing it next to Eddie Vetter. I know. But but it's awesome. You don't like, want to
9: be the guy 24 hours later, hey, uh, where is that recording? <laughs> right? You got to be kind of
4: cool about it. Uh, like, uh, oh, I totally would I take mean, that if anyone had it. Right, right. <laughs> um, no, Christine was there. She took the video, which was lovely. But I mean, did, like like a studio recording. That's what oh, you're asking. Right. about, right. Yeah, like, a yeah, the quality doc, one. Yeah. I mean, I would
2: like to see any version of it. Yeah. yeah. I personally would be fine seeing Christine's version, but I, say, I, I definitely would like a professional. You sing I with Eddie Vetter? Yeah, uh, I sent
4: it to Kevin Lapka. Lapka's got it. A young man from. From Ohio State University
2: oh, okay
4: so he, he's, he's got that maybe he'll pop it up on the twitch or something like that, that.
2: We, we should put that out
4: yeah good he'll make a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how the kids want it these days Ed, right Yeah, it's, yeah but man it, and Eddie's just the freaking coolest and it was uh it was it was a crazy crazy thing so I'll be floating on that for a while so if you want to try and chop me down no. go for it baby I, I, it's a good time to try no 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 yeah. <laughs> i know about who song speaks obviously Uh, that's your thing i
2: guess i why
4: did you go to the after party why didn't i go to the after that's what i'm asking yeah that's a good question you were invited i was yeah the whole the whole band all all my bandmates went there and hung out i'm sorry did you say what verse of the weight you got i got the third verse Woe down miss moses okay there ain't nothing nothing that you can say exactly It's a good verse. It's just told Luke. Luke's waiting
3: on judgment there.
4: There it is. There it is. And Eddie wanted the fourth verse, Crazy Chester. Crazy Chester followed me because he wanted the Rick Denko verse.
3: <sighs> I love that song. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Maybe the best song ever written. Great song. And when <laughs> Kid Rock does it? My <laughs> <laughs> God. New universe. <laughs> Guys, honest to God, though. I'm gonna put a Kid Rock video no, we're in good. our thread, our our text thread tonight. Uh, you know what? I'll watch that right, it
4: right after I watch kicking and streaming. Uh, streaming, <laughs> streaming. Is it streaming? He'll stream it. I mean, I,
2: you gotta send us the you in,
4: the video of you I, 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 I will. Would I will. I would love to check it. that out. But uh, yeah, I didn't go to the after party. I chose to be a good husband and and go home. And it was a long weekend. And I Lame. I regret the choice. You should. Yeah. Christine's <laughs> gotta
2: regret that choice too for you. Yeah, she does. Like, she does. Go hang for but a couple of hours. We had a great
4: time. I mean, I went home, we'd like talked, we had a glass of wine I'm, at home, I'm we sure processed it, it. It was I'm sure lovely. You could have done that on one day. Yeah, did
3: Eddie Vetter go home with you though? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. No. Or go hang out at the no. Four Seasons lobby bar uh, until three in the morning with a karaoke machine. Was yeah. Wayne
3: Gretzky in your condo when you got there? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Was she in your bedroom
2: when you got home?
9: No.
3: Probably
4: not. No. You
9: had
2: a couple of options there
4: they sent me pictures
2: your bandmates sent you pictures
9: yeah,
4: yeah thanks guys appreciate that wow Cindy
2: crawford. Oh, baby
4: did dag stay <laughs> he wasn't there Damn. He, he wasn't there man finally got that me.
2: was incredible the Sydney crawford made the the puck on uh, shoot the puck and theo missed the, the net entirely
4: he just totally whiffed yeah he
2: went yeah it was hilarious
4: so when when i walked in there um during a break, they were doing the thing like, "Hey, these people look like '90s icons," and they're showing people around the stadium, around you know, around the United Center. This person looks a little bit like Jennifer Aniston. Ah, this person looks a little bit like... Sid- oh, wait, that is Cindy Crawford. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, they Cindy, did that. that. That's good. They successfully executed that bit.
2: Hawks throw a party, man. That that it. The, his speech also was fantastic. I thought so too. What a great speech! Most of them, they 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 they're either like too much like an oscar's speech where you're just thanking everybody and not taking enough credit. Yeah. Uh and he thanked people and like, you know, he Seabrook for the number 7 and Kane don't upstage me. Like it wasn't just about him, but it was enough about him and about Chicago and it was anecdotal. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. it, it just it was really 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 well done. Like if if I got the chance to interview him today, I'd ask him if he like had a speechwriter. Like it was, it was it was professionally I, was, I thought it was really good. It
4: also came off kind of off the cuff like he was just speaking from the heart. I, I know, but I don't think that's no, possible. I, I know, but he, but he's just like It was for, really good. For a guy that got hit as much as he did and hit people as
2: much as he hit people. Yeah.
4: To be like this this like chill and happy and cogent. It was very good. Yeah, I, I thought it was I how about the that fact that him and Butkus are the only Chicago born Athletes to have their number retired by a Chicago team. That, yeah. That's that that's pretty amazing. Yep.
2: and Butch Lopez. Soon to be a third. You know where it's going.
4: Yeah. To the Raptors? That's right. That's Derek. in Toronto, though. So how's that going to work? It'll be here. The Chicago Raptors.
2: Jersey number one is going to the Raptors. <laughs> Der- so, so it'll be Derek, Chelios, and Butkus. Is
4: that better than my uh, do-you-work-out, Marianne? <laughs>
3: Yeah. It's right there. I legit feel really bad about the Raptors thing because I remember how excited you were. Like, for, for months, like, yeah. I've got this break glass in case of emergency Emergency take. I'm going to fire this off. You guys are going to be so surprised. And then you mess it up that badly? Yep. No, It I just know.
2: lives like that now. And you guys
3: all were like, oh, yeah, of
2: course, that's an obvious point to make. Yeah.
3: No, it wasn't. It's like saying Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> is going to win an Oscar for Oppenheimer. That's a well, too. It's aging very well. D-
4: d- no, it's not aging well. Yes, it is. He got the sag. Well, well yeah, no, but it, but it's like, it, it was a spoiler. <laughs> I'm I'm upset. I'm up, as upset about this <laughs> as I am about Joe Madden's managing that in Game Seven. Of the whether or not it ages well. Yeah, it's still, still, true. it still still was a factually
2: yeah. accurate. take. It is,
4: but it was also a spoiler. Okay,
2: uh, the hockey component of it. Had us thinking about other great Chicago comebacks. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you guys grinding
3: or are you guys having fun? Afternoons on the score. Patrick Kane is on the ice, trying to break the Hawks' hearts. Shoveled along by Kucherov Kour- uh, and now Bedard. He gains the zone, dropped off, Jones. Jones, shoot save, rebound save. Oh, look out. To break it, a and for guess who? Patrick Kane, he's in, he scores! Patrick Kane, on the ice he used to call home for 16 seasons.
6: Red Wings a winner in overtime. In this building, he had 644 career
10: points. One as a visitor. They call him showtime for a reason.
2: Shellio said, and texters are saying, that he had mentioned in uh, his appearance at the morning show that his daughter, Kaylee, Helped him with the speech, which makes sense because I, I thought the speech was just absolutely perfect.
4: Yeah, and she's uh, uh, she's a media person, and yeah. obviously a writer. And honestly, I would have
2: thought he would have had more help with that. Like it was, it was. I just, it really struck me as a very well put together speech. She's
4: also really good at picking Super Bowl scores.
2: Yeah, she Like, she's it.
4: crazy good she at that. She had 22. She had 22. Yeah, very impressive. We laughed at her. Oh, wait, no, it was you. You I scoffed.
2: I, I, yeah, well, exactly. But a can scoff my love language. Don't take it Oh, first. let's get some hockey in, in the mix. Kaylee Chelios back on the score. Kaylee, thank hey. you. So, hello. Thank you so much for the time. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? What's the score going to be and why? <laughs>
5: The Chiefs, I like the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey and the Swifties and Pat Mahomes are going to win the Super Bowl, and I'm going go to go at 24-22.
4: 24-22, that's an interesting number right there.
5: I like well,
4: it. it?
2: Why? Well, 22 is tough to not get. not often the football games end on 22. That, that might be a score of Gami, yeah, okay. actually. That's pretty, that'd
5: be pretty good. I, something funny is going to happen.
9: Something's going to happen. <laughs> something always
2: does. Something crazy is going to happen. 25-22. 20, <laughs> Something always does. Something always does. Yeah, she
3: made you guys look like
2: fools. Yes. I mean, she said 24-22 Chiefs. It was 25-22. I no one, Don't I feel like a horse's ass? Yeah.
3: I was. Why? Ra- <laughs> That why from her is
4: hysterical. Yeah, why is that? Why why is that weird? <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah, my bad. I was I was scoffing a little. I was trying to. I was doing my good natured scoff. Is yeah. what I was doing. Yeah, you just went with like. I just went with, What the, are you talking about? <laughs> the ruthless. <laughs> you're an idiot. scoff. No, I did not say that. Now no. you're
2: being mean. No,
4: you said something always does. Something always
2: does. Something always crazy happens. Anyway, right, whatever. None of
4: that is why you called.
2: It me. isn't. Well, Chelio said in his speech. He, made the, he, he called Kane, you know, the greatest American player ever, American-born player ever. You know, he said, you know, it'll all work out. You'll be here, too, getting your number retired one day, and don't upstage me tonight. He said all of it in his speech. Yeah, man. And then he gets a louder
4: ovation than Chelios, and he gets the game-winning goal. Yeah, he, was it louder? I thought so. It, it was longer. It, 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 it was an amazing ovation.
2: I don't know man it it came across as louder well
4: I think I think it probably was it it was I've never seen anything quite like it like this is the natural sound of it crowd cheering you hear some sticks tapping and then he goes back to the bench and you think it's going to end but it doesn't end you'll hear it kick back up when he goes and skates another lap right there and they're like yeah that's right we want more and then it fades away eventually. There's more sticks tapping. Fades away eventually. And then it kicks back up again yeah. as he skates another lap. And his
2: teammates, he said, was going him to do a fourth. And at some point he was just like, okay, we gotta, we gotta stop doing this. How long am I supposed to do this Woo! for? It's
4: that was something. The is
3: just raising and lowering the volume back here,
4: by the way. <laughs> and that's good job by him. Yeah. That's all it needs. Making it sound like we're on time with hey, it. It's it's radio magic, man. It's theater of the mind. You know? I don't know. Did you guys
2: think it was louder than Chelios's? It's. It struck me as like, the the, the moment of the the night. Like obviously, it was Chelios's day, and he did an amazing job putting the whole thing together with the Hawks. But the people in that building, and we know that they're some of the loudest, you know, best, most passionate fans in sports. Sure, the people in that building had more of a connection. To Patrick Kane than Chris Chelios.
4: Yeah. Well, dude, I'm just, dude that, that, you're absolutely right. That,
2: it, was, it was noticeable. It was, emo- like, not, it was
4: emotional. It was a different level, different kind of emotion.
2: It was like there were three different things happening at once. It was like the organization and the pomp and circumstance is for Chelios. The people in the building were most excited to tip their hat to Kane and then there's Bedard. Yeah,
4: they were hoping that Bedard <laughs> would show something great. The whole game, I'm like thinking, get get it on his stick, man. Come on, I want that want that kid to show some amazing moment. Here. How about
2: when he hit
4: Kane? <laughs> that
2: that to me was like, did the kid study Chelios? That was an amazing moment because it wasn't what we think of him. We look at him, oh, he's right. so little, he's a baby out there, he's so small. Who are they yeah. going to be the veterans who protect him? He like muscled up Kane on the boards. Like, that was a Chelios highlight. I I don't know, man. My meatball was going crazy for that. I was like, oh, did
3: Great you Great see- very creative. Got a little physical on me in the corner there, so uh, <laughs> he's lucky he had
4: the bubble on or I was going after him. We're gonna try. <laughs> i was like oh did you see it he hit him he hit
2: Kane. he was that was Katie i thought
4: it was awesome that was that's amazing and then so kane and then kane gets the game winner gets a breakaway and delivers in overtime with the game winner and does the uh the celebration going right to the fans and and yeah he knew it oh my god he was drinking it up and and loving it
2: yeah it was really good
4: so is that the best return by like a recent Chicago athlete, an active Chicago athlete who comes to town. I mean, like the video was awesome, the ovation was outrageous, the emotions in the building were incredible, so and we still, then he scores the game winner.
2: Right? Yeah. It. I don't know how you could beat it. Right. We we've seen, we've seen Bryant and Baez. Right. We haven't seen Rizzo, correct? Rizzo was hurt Rizzo when the Yankees hurt.
4: were here, right? Right, okay, yeah. so, right, that's right. By the way, Rizzo healthy and smiling and looking good at spring training, and I'm happy for him because those concussions—that was scary stuff—that that circumvented his year last year.
2: Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, what? what D- you, D- Derek Rose gets MVP chance every time he comes back to the United Center, even when he's on the bench in you know mm-hmm. by coach's decision. Like D- Derek gets the ovation and gets the love. And his Jersey retirement ceremony, all jokes aside, like will be electric, and it'll matter a ton for the basketball community of yeah, Chicago.
4: It, it um, will. But, but there's the also s- no title there. There's no finals visit, you know? It's like this is three titles, three titles for Kane.
2: Yeah, no, I know. And, and, I know. And, and,
4: and sustained career greatness that is, you know, that he's going to be a Hall of Famer, probably will go down as the greatest American hockey player of all time I agree. if he keeps going and scoring.
2: It's, I mean, I think a lot of people think he's already there. Hmm. I I don't know how you could do it better. It's
9: tough to top, you know, in terms of greatness of the player, accomplishments on the ice, and then delivering in the moment on the night of the return. I think the closest thing that I thought of was Frank Thomas, May 22nd, 2006. I was there. Uh, hits two home runs in his return to the White Sox. Including as,
4: a two-out, two-run homer in the ninth, right?
9: Um... No, not in the ninth. No, I don't believe so. No, He had two home runs off John Garland. Okay. So, But either way, it was like, you know, round of applause standing O after he hits the first home run against the White Sox as a member of the Oakland Athletics. And then hits the second bomb, and we all gave him, like, a very tongue-firmly-in-cheek boo as he rounded the bases. It's like, hey, we love you, man, but enough's enough. All right, would you please? Uh, But in terms of, like, Hall of Famer, you know, won a World Series the year before, and delivering like that on the return, like, that's the closest thing I could
4: think of. That's a good one. That I mean that that that's probably as close as it gets.
9: But you're not it, topping last night, though. I don't think. I
4: don't think so because, as Dan, Danny, you're right. Like all the different storylines, like everything that was going on, it was like it was really nice. It was nice to like be that into a hockey game. Like it it it, it was it, it was fun. I I had, I've missed being that into hockey games. It was frankly.
2: A, it was very cool. It was it was a very very cool watch. Um, Jordan's return. Didn't the Bears have a playoff game right against the Panthers? Yeah, is that, is that no, right? No,
9: The uh, Eagles. The Eagles. That was the Jim Miller.
2: That's game. right. Okay. That, thank you. That's yeah. right.
9: Um, so semi semifinals, the uh, divisional round.
2: Yeah, that was that was the so, right. That, that was like the, the same day. You could do the doubleheader in in Chicago, and Jordan came back. Oh, with the, right. with, with, the, with the Wizards, that was an all time Chicago sports day, and Jordan had a, had a great game. But I don't re, I don't remember the the ceremony. As much, yeah, Me I, either. You know, I don't, I don't remember that part about it.
4: But obviously his relationship with the team was so weird. The Bulls didn't do something I right could, but, by but Michael I, Jordan. I, Jordan
9: actually didn't show up for the ceremony. He showed up
4: for the game. Yeah, I don't remember. Could you play that again? That's my favorite thing of the day. <laughs> I got to say. The,
2: oh, the Jordan.
9: Oh, yeah, the Jordan
4: the, video that he sent into Chelios after Chely, like let the cat out of the bag that Michael was coming. And- Hi, yeah. this
9: Michael Jordan. Hey man, unfortunately, Chelios, I can't make it again this week. Uh, tried for the ring of honor. I couldn't make it then. Uh, I had a death in the family for Sunday. But look, you're very deserving, man, and I'm very proud to see your, your New jersey up there with my jersey. Uh, you know, you and I have been friends for almost 30 years. So I wish you the best. Send a bunch of love. You know, go
2: Blackhawks.
4: I, one take
2: hold on from the golf course
9: i
4: just i just caught another level there maybe at the turn i had a death in the family for sunday <laughs>
3: yeah. he, he scheduled a murder
4: <laughs> <laughs> he scheduled a death in the family so he didn't have to come to chicago
8: right i mean i think
4: he's
2: saying that there was a death in the family and know. maybe a funerals on sunday this is michael jordan
9: <laughs> hey man unfortunately chelios i can't make it again this week uh try for the fingers honor oh, i couldn't make it then uh, I had a death in the family for sunday but
4: yeah uh, <clears throat> death of the family what is it try out for the fingers what was what it what did he say in there i didn't understand what that was you know what i'm talking about i didn't know what that was
3: no neither of us caught that okay but
4: um, I had a death in the family for Sunday. This is how much I don't want to come to town. I'm going to go ahead and kill somebody in my family no, on Sunday. Just terrible. Just...
5: We must stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Now, watch this drive. <laughs>
2: Yes, Jordan's video to Chelios is clearly from the golf course. It is spectacular.
9: Hi, this is Michael Jordan. Hey, man, unfortunately, Chelios, I can't make it again this week. Go Blackhawks.
5: Now watch this drive.
8: <laughs> Boom.
2: <laughs> and those vibes all over it. It's really good. Oh, God. It's really good. So, yeah. So, when is the next time we see Michael Jordan at the United Center? Whew. Yeah, that's quite, I don't know a what Pearl Jam concerts.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something he actually wants to attend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Not a I mean, sporting he's, event. He's
4: had two options this year. Two pretty good ones. I'd be amazed
2: if he showed up at the Usher concert in October.
3: <laughs> and Jake going to come out when they retire Manley's number.
4: See that. You is, can get him. Is the kind of contemporary that he needs right? to honor. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny Lattimore coming to the UC anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just.
2: Uh, I mean. But. Still, an incredible weekend. Oh yeah, oh for sure. You know what I mean? Like nailed it. Didn't really overshadow it at all. That he goes, and Rodman came. Yeah, Rodman did come. That's pretty great. Mm -hmm. Anytime the Rod, he's got. Was he at your party? No, I didn't. I didn't see him. You would have seen
4: him. I would. I think I would have noticed. (laughs) But I I didn't think Gretzky was there. But he was apparently in the back because he didn't want to get mobbed because people would mob Wayne Gretzky. Understandably so.
2: Yeah. At a hockey party, Rodman would stick out a little bit more though. And at most parties, because he's, you know, Dennis Rodman.
4: He's because he's 6'9. <laughs>
2: Tattoos, earrings, <laughs> colored hair. All of the things yes. that make him Dennis And also because
4: black. Or at a hockey well. party. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah lot, lots, I of, get you. lots of reasons. I picked up why you were putting one down. One
2: is more likely to blend in. Thank you, sir. Than the other. Would have been a good hang, though. would have been cool to sing with him. It's Parkinson Spiegel. On the <laughs> the Parkinson Spiegel Show.
4: A source told the Parkinson Spiegel Show at 6'7
2: to the score. I know those guys.
3: Afternoons on the score. We just showed Patrick Kane on the video board again. Wow. <laughs> oh my. I saw Alex DeBrick it right in front of me. Chris motioned to him to go for one more spin, one more twirl. That's something else. Dylan Larkin looking right at me here. I don't know. There's eyes are a little moist. Are there onions in the building? <laughs> a lot. Oh, wow, a lot. Two curtain calls for Patrick Kane. Showtime, 88. I was watching to my left, Connor Bedard on the bench. All the players, coaching staff, just looking up, watching. Wings win the draw, and Kaner is on the ice. And we're back to Detroit sucks now in the United Center. Without missing a beat. Hopefully, Bedard
2: can be next, man. Hopefully, he can bring it back and not have all Hawks' moments of relevance be about nostalgia. Though, that was a great one. They threw a hell of a party.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, Kane, I I always mix it up. Was he number one overall? Yes. Yeah, and because Taves was three the next year, something like that. Yeah,
2: Kane was the first ever Hawks' number one pick, right? It's just Kane and Bedard that have been the number one picks for the Hawks.
4: Okay, so yeah. And then, was Gretzky number one overall? One has to assume. I'm just going to
2: say, even if he wasn't, he should have
4: been. He should have (laughs) been.
2: God. He's got a doctorate in the NBA, and he knows so much about hockey. But he
4: was in the World Hockey Association, you know? It's like, so there was like a weird thing. I, I, I forget, but it's like... It's the next great player, and in hockey, those guys... They all hit. They all hit, man. Yeah.
2: Well, it's great. It's cool, too. Like, I mean, obviously, Bedard, not American board, but that Chelios was, like, best American player. Just, like, the, the need to have that, because it would be ridiculous to say that you were Dude. the best Canadian board.
4: And it's been the same names a long time. <laughs> yeah. Mike Madano, Pat LaFontaine. Yes. Well, Chelios like, came. That was part
9: of the appeal for some of my age, watching those Hawks teams of that. you mean, it, the... The league stars were predominantly Canadian. So to have a team in Chicago where you had JR, Boston guy, Chelio, Chicago Tony guy. Amante. Tony Monti. Tony Monti, another Boston guy. By the way, scouting for the Panthers. He did a funny, like, uh, intermission interview with Boyle yesterday. It was great to see him. Like, yeah, it was just awesome. But, awesome. but to have American born
4: stars in Chicago was pretty cool at the yeah. time and relatively unique. You're, ab- you're absolutely right. And so, I mean, that's, that's three guys who come up in that conversation. I mean, all three of those guys are probably top 25 or top 30 American NHL players. That's how, that's how bad it is.
2: How, how deep can you go? Can you, can you give me Matt Spiegel's top 30 list of American-born hockey players? Please don't. Uh,
4: oh but yeah, Bedard, no. Bedard, man. Yeah, I'll do like seven minutes on each one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That'll bring him in. Good. That's perfect. Um, Friday
2: night, we get off the air. And Mark Grody has an experience with an analyst who has gotten a ton of things right on NFL prospects Mm -hmm. who said Caleb Williams is not special. This deserves our attention, our laughter, maybe our ridicule, but certainly our consideration. Next on The
10: Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The afternoon show. The police of 670. The score. Afternoons on The Score. Meryl this has been great. I I'd, I'd love to talk to you more. Um but uh we'll any time anytime,
5: brother love to.
10: <laughs> yeah man, absolutely. I did, we were just getting cooking here. So I appreciate it Meryl yeah. Hodge. We'll look look anytime forward to more. All right man. I appreciate it. There he goes.
4: Wow. I've heard a lot about this. Yeah, me too. I didn't hear any of it. <laughs> me too. I'm not aware of it. <laughs> I'm aware of but it. But I didn't hear it. I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> from what I know of it, I haven't heard any of that.
2: But I, So get used to this music, by the way. Uh, every day at 5 o'clock the rest of the week, we will have a Mark Grody Bears report from the Combine. And he'll be, different players will be there, polls will be there, Eberflus will be Iberflus coming on the show tomorrow, by the way.
4: Matt Iberflus on this show. He's coming on the show. Oh man. From the combine. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) I thought he is. That's confusing. Wait a minute. Is it honest Matt or the actual Matt?
2: Yeah. With that, I'll open up the questions. Unfortunately, it's the actual one.
4: (laughs) Phil Snow. (laughs) Is he coming on? We gotta ask about Phil Snow. Sure.
2: We can ask him a lot of things. You guys
4: gonna read keys together? (laughs) What guys do? (laughs) We had some
2: good talks about
4: reading keys and a lot,
5: of, a lot of different things, yeah. but uh, he's a linebacker at heart, reading man.
4: Keys. That was about Butkus. Him and Butkus used to bond about reading keys. real
2: tearjerker. <laughs>
4: about real tearjerker. It's amazing, yeah. yeah you know All what, right, County, yeah, I'm Yes, excited have I'm him. gonna, I am, man. I'm gonna <laughs> talk about reading keys with him and figure out what that means first. I know. I mean, like, oh, oh, yeah. If you see the lineman doing this, then you know it's going to be that kind of play. Yeah, yeah. Reading. I keys. spend
7: Breakfast Club with the quarterbacks.
4: <laughs> oh man! Don't you uh, forget <laughs> about me.
2: What if we didn't ask him a single football question?
3: I'm I'm game. And you we, know what? Just ask him it's about movie The Breakfast Club. Let's ask
4: about the beard. Yeah. Let's ask
3: about reading keys. What's going to get better answers? Yeah. He's not going to talk about scheme. He's not going to. We're not going to talk about that when it comes to scheme. He's not. Well, he's not going to do that. Nobody's going to talk about scheme. Um, I
2: don't know. <laughs> ask about crossing aisles.
4: <laughs> There's yeah. plenty there. Nicknames. You know? Yeah. The new look. I can tell him that I'm one of the few enthusiasts here at the radio station. Very enthusiastic. I wouldn't
3: say that.
9: <laughs> I'd say that. No, I, know, know that I would out. say that. Right? We, we Come gotta, on. We got to get that on record. Dude, yeah. See what he thinks about that.
3: I think he'd like that.
4: <laughs> he would like that. That I'm, I'm a little bit enthusiastic about, you, about your return.
3: Get him to talk about all the nicknames he gives. Media. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh, yep. we're asking him what Jason Leisure's nickname is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay.
8: Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. I, I got a couple. I don't
3: know. What's up, yours?
4: <laughs> oh, Jason? Yeah, I call him Jackass. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my nickname. That's my nickname for him. Oh, Jackass. God.
8: All
2: right.
4: Yes. All right. I'm looking forward to this, this just, now. Just
9: talk about Montez for 15 minutes. Well, that is Montez. <laughs> that's
4: Montez. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, so see if, he, if he's watched the show recently.
2: <laughs> oh God, we have a lot of good ideas here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can think that way.
4: Uh, oh yes, we can. Flu's. <sighs> <sighs> All
2: right, will Phil Snow be back? <laughs> All right, we got stuff. Um, what were we talking about here? No, we we're talking Merrill about Meryl. Hodge. Hodge. So I've heard six, a lot about
4: this. Yes, yeah, so six
2: o'clock. We get off the air on Friday, and we go on living our lives. And Mark Grody has Meryl Hodge on, and Meryl Hodge made a bit of a stir. When he went on NBC Sports Chicago. And it's in the polls position open. And he was just not at all impressed by by Caleb Williams. He came out and he was just like flatly, this guy is not special. It's nothing to see here. And he's been on it with some of these prospects. Like he was not a big Johnny Manziel guy. As a prospect did not give him a first round grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, uh, had, uh, what was it? I think. I think had Khalil Mack over Jadavion Clowney, which was not conventional wisdom at the time. Like he's he's had some some hits, so and some zigs where other people have zed, or some zags where other people have you know, he's he's been uh, contrarian a little bit and correct. They've aged pretty well, and so Grody brings him on obviously to talk about Caleb Williams not being special, and this is the follow up. You did say Caleb
10: Williams is not special. Can you expand yeah. on that a little bit, Meryl?
5: Well, you know, like. Yeah, well, here's what you get for doing a drive-by, and then I didn't realize the word "special" was so um, igniting. Um, because, and that, to me, I was like, you got to define what special is. And when you do a drive-by, you don't you don't get to explain that. And in, in five, in the last five or six years, there's been two guys that have been special. So let me define what I think is special by giving you two players that play that position, and what you ultimately have. To I like to see him college prior to coming here. Now, just because he's not special, let me just clear this up. doesn't mean he doesn't have a chance to be a very good player and a dynamic player because he does have some elite things, which I'll get to in a second. You got Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud in the last five or six years. Now, what makes them special in my eyes? I'm not saying it's anybody else's eyes, but I don't look at – when I'm studying kids on tape in college, I'm not looking at where they're playing. I'm looking at where they're going to play. And that is confusing for people sometimes because I know what environment they're going into. First of all, the field's going to change, okay? Hash marks going to go narrow, and they're going to play the middle of the field. My guy's as good as your guy. It isn't like my guy's better than your guy 70% of the time in college. Um, I'm not going to get four seconds in the pocket anymore, and guys aren't going to be wanting wide open all the time, okay, or majority of the time, we'll put it that way. So you're trying to look for way people that can ultimately play from the pocket. At the end of the day, that is where you must master this game, I mean, the NFL, if you're going to be truly consistently successful. I'm not saying that a guy who doesn't have mobility um, isn't a value, and there isn't some dynamicness in that. There's no quarterback that's run himself to a championship. Um, there's nobody that scrambled themselves to a championship. It eventually, at the end of the day, you have to play quarterback, and you have to be dynamic and good from the pocket. These two things matter the most, and they work together. You cannot have one without the other. Accuracy and the ability to process quickly from a pocket presence. He is not special. Yeah, I don't watch him. In fact. His gift hurts him. A player like him, I've seen this so many times, There is, he has a gift that everybody thinks is exciting and is special, and that is his unique mobility. That's not going to win you a championship, and being exciting is not a skill set. Now, his elusiveness is rare i would argue it's better he's more lucy than patrick Mahomes. holmes does that make him better than patrick Mahomes? holmes absolutely not it just tells you <laughs> that he has that dynamicness to him now the problem with that is when and he does this playing from the pocket when the pocket's clean and then when the pocket's dirty he does it more so but he'll leave plays on the field what i mean is from the pocket you get a coverage you get a route combination and i've said They don't do a whole host of this, which is another layer of concern. Is They predominantly are college system. I mean, they're they're as pure a college system as you can get. They are a lateral team, lateral team, lateral team. But they do do some things down the field. They're not like NFL concepts. So you have to look at that as best you can and get a feel for that. He will not make the first throw sometimes because he's got four seconds. <laughs> There's no reason to do that. In, in a lot of ways, he processes stuff, as you've seen process stuff, because he's done so many magical things by moving and being a Lucy. So in the NFL, you don't have that luxury anymore. Like w- when the guy is open, you got to give him the ball. Th- that's what to me is special, because a guy that can transition to the league and play in that arena, and they show coll- the evidence in college that, man, they got a shot to do that.
4: Man um, that scares me a little that because that's I completely agree with him uh, as we've talked about many times with Kurt Warner and others that the pocket quarterback thing the processing speed is number one absolutely number one most important thing most difficult thing to scout because of the difference in the system like he talked about but if that's his hesitation is that he jumps to elusiveness too easily then that's a little scary but you know, I just I don't. There's a, there's a lot of people who've had to rein it in and become a little more pocket uh, comfortable and a little more prone to do it. It's just that we've lived with Mitch and now with Justin, and I I don't want to live with that process again. I want a pocket passer, which I've been told Caleb is. Joe Klatt says he is capable See, of all that. that.
2: That's what I'm saying. I there is a lot of tape out there. Of Caleb Williams making crazy throws with a quick, strong release
4: from the pocket. Early reads, processing.
2: It, now, don't, you, don't. Might, you might not like the system at which he's doing it or the defenses that he's doing it against or anything, anything like that. But i I've seen a lot of it, of him snap, two-step, three-step, plant, throw, get the ball out, quick, on time, down the field, with accuracy, outside the hash mark, crossing routes, timing, middle of the field. Like I, I, I've seen it, too. There's the, a lot of that on tape.
4: There's a seven-minute YouTube comp of just pocket stuff that, s- you, that you can see. Yeah. And, and many, m- many scouts have said he does have that, so clearly. I,
2: so I'm – now, does he hold the ball too long – have too many fumbles, resort to hero ball. Yes, but the question is is that because
4: his offensive line sucks, which it does, and
2: his defense sucks. So when he's playing Oregon and Utah and Washington, top 15 teams, and he's got to feel like he's got to hang 40 cuz every time the other team gets the ball, they're scoring. Mm. Is that a thing that he needs to do because he needs to do it? Or is that a thing that he feels like he needs to do because he can't risk getting three or punting on this drive and just playing it safe? He feels like he needs to get seven. And when he gets to the NFL and he's got a top-ten defense and he's playing more within structure, that the hero ball outside the pocket improvisational stuff becomes the change-up or the slider. Right, which it's supposed to be. Which is what it's supposed to be. (laughs) Right. And I think... That 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 there's enough on schedule to suggest that that's what
4: it will be. See now, I, I, I tend to think that as well. But this is part of the incredible difficulty in projecting someone's change from college to the pros. Text yeah exactly. It, it, it's just it is part of it for everybody who has that skill in the box. Everybody who has that that change up and might use it a little too much. You, you, you don't know until you get him, which is what I was saying. The Kurt Warner thread from the other day was all about, including Caleb.
2: So if says, play the rest of the interview, it just gets better. Oh, don't worry. We're going to go on this wild, magical journey with uh, Mark Grody and Merrill Hodge with you. What Caleb does well and the Mahomes comp specifically and why that might work against him.
5: When you look at Caleb, the one thing that I am telling you is unique. As unique as I have seen it, and I've been doing this for 40 years from playing, coaching, studying. His accuracy is unique. And that is a gift. And the thing that I'm talking about that you ha- I haven't seen enough evidence to make him special doesn't mean he can't do that eventually. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying he will always fight this hurdle of his ability to make plays and move. And can he harness that and break that and make that a part of his last resort versus sometimes I'll just go to it. Mm-hmm. And that right there can ruin players more than it can help players. And there's a lot of things that he doesn't control that are completely out of his scenario. This expectation that he is Patrick Mahomes is gonna be an, a daunting thing. Patrick, let's just take Patrick Mahomes came out came to a playoff team, Saturday's first year, and those two things are not gonna be his luxury. And he had great coaching. And that coaching matters. So there's three things that he has nothing to do with but are gonna play a role in this. He's not going to a playoff team if he goes to Chicago. They've got new coaching again, which, you know, has been some of their biggest issues. You can't be consistent with that. I know of no business. Exists on planet earth where you change every year and you're going to get better as a company or as a unit as a team or as an organization it's just not going to happen it's nearly impossible for that to happen and that is what they have cons- consistently done so that's when i look at special and doesn't mean he does have other great skill sets. i think he processes things based on the college system very well the accuracy aspect I, you, you can't teach the accuracy he has that is a, that is a unique gift and, you know, that that, can, that cannot be overlooked. And from everybody I've looked for to this point, about six quarterbacks, he is superior to them from an accuracy aspect, probably as superior as I've ever seen, quite honestly. Yes, he could clearly develop um, into a guy who functions and knows how to play there and plays that with, with excellence. I, I don't think there's any doubt. That is one area. But you don't see that in college right now because he is so d- dynamic in his ability and his elusiveness – he will lean on that more than just playing through structure. And that's what I'm saying, that that, that, that's a fine line there. And I've always felt like a guy who has that when he first comes in, I actually like that because he gets out of a lot of trouble and he can make some things happen for Uh your team. But at some point, he's got to harness that and take whatever he's done from a mobility aspect and convert it to his arm. you look at the second year, which I did finally get through all his games last year, so I've got some 16 games here so i feel very comfortable where i am with my evaluation okay. with him yeah. even those defenses played a little different you know they pushed the pocket they made his size a little bit of an issue they kind of understood that he would hold the ball and maybe go to move and run versus get rid of it at times and because they don't do a lot of stuff down the field and certain route concepts there are a lot of bubble screens smoke screens and you know rpo bills you don't get to see a lot of it but if you the system I have, I can create all of those plays and just watch all of them together. So that gives you a really good feel. If you only see like you know, six to ten a game, it could be, you know, you can miss it. And that's why I, I, I group them like that to watch that. Yeah. So when you watch him just from the pocket where he's going to have to play and be great. Mm-hmm. That's why I said he's not special. The thing that I know that will appeal to a lot of NFL teams is Caleb's accuracy is, is unique. And and it is, you know, accuracy is such a critical component of being successful. It's all yeah. those other things that, <laughs> that are variables that you have to address and you have to talk about i'm now confused <laughs>
4: oh yes there was some wackadoodle tangential uh misdirection and self uh, conflict going on in so, so the there.
2: improvisational ability is special and the accuracy is so special right. that he's never seen anyone with that level of accuracy
4: right and he also said he's good good at processing at one point in there i was like hey, are we talking about the same guy
2: that you were talking about in the first clip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: um, I don't know. But I also learned a lot about Merrill Hodges' system that he has uh, set up to watch tape. But he can group the plays together. He's very proud of the system. Okay.
2: I again, I don't, I don't want to dismiss this. Like I, I hear a lot of people saying Parkins. It sounds like what you're saying about Caleb is what you could say about Justin.
4: Yeah. But Remember, I said that very early on. Like, like, wait a minute. I think that his strengths are the same stuff that we now see other strengths for Justin but then you watch and and there's and and you 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 have seen the pocket here's the other thing though his quick trigger release on the run Caleb is so much better than Justin's and it's incredibly obvious when you're watching it
2: yeah he's got an a absolute missile of an arm with a split second release the
4: split second for release from whatever body position he happens to be in to, to, and, and can put the ball anywhere he wants to with that accuracy from any platform and body position. Justin does not have that. And it, 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 not in the same way. He just does it. And in the NFL right now, Mahomes has it. Josh Allen has it. Herbert has it. Guess what? Jordan Love has it. Ugh. He does, though. You've seen I, him no, make a ton I, of throws I know, I know. perfectly on time and, and accurate from a crazy body position on the run. I've already seen that. Well,
2: it's not even a crazy, but it's the Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's the hold the ball like down here, like his hip, yeah. hopping on the balls of his feet. And you're uh, like, he's not ready to throw. He's not ready. To, what's he doing? He's right, not ready. Right, right. And then the ball's 30 it's, yards down the field on a dime. On a dime. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. It's <laughs> I hate him. Uh, all right, so you want to get into some of the weirdness?
4: I think we hinted at it, or he hinted at it there. All right. I'm interested in this, yes.
2: Mark Grody and Merrill Hodge bonding over
10: the old Bears. Was it Curtis Conway on your team that yeah, year? Curtis Conway, yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Graham. Jeff Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Who was yeah. he? Was ter- who was the oh? Wait, who was the who was on that? Who was uh, other running backs on that team? Now, was well, oh, um, it Raymond? Raymond? Raymond Harris. Raymond
5: Harris. My bad. You know, that's terrible. Yeah, he he came in. Yeah. When, I, when I got hurt, he actually filled in and did a great job. Raymond's a great kid, great player um we've got um Tillman from the Giants as well we yep. brought him in yes um, Lewis Tillman or then then, Lewis Tillman right yeah Lewis. Lewis Lewis Tillman Lewis Tillman and then um I forget Green's first name uh, our last yeah first name like uh, his last uh, name. Green. Robert really Robert Robert I remember Robert
10: Green big is, legs yeah. Yep.
5: yeah 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 and he's a good kid he's good right. player as well and um in the off line we got Andy Heck, you know, came in and you had Big Cat. I mean, our off the line oh, we, we had some maulers. We had some maulers, yeah. some dogs that will play for you. <laughs> <laughs> no
10: doubt, man. Well that's that's some pretty good insight. Yeah, I mean <laughs> no, that, it,
4: really wasn't. it wasn't that's not insight. It wasn't that's much, just, that was just, playing pick a player. <laughs> <laughs> it was just naming some guys.
2: <laughs> Peoria mad asks, so Merrill, baked potato? Uh <laughs> would have been a great follow up should have happened.
4: Oh, my God. Hey, but Grody was so happy. I think that's as happy as Grody gets. <laughs>
2: I think so. Naming bears from 94. Naming
4: bears. <laughs> Coming up, Lewis Tillman, Spencer Tillman. No, 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 Lewis Tillman. It was Lewis Tillman. Green. Robert. Yeah, big legs. Totally. Big leg. Oh,
9: yeah. It's quite the skull session between those two. <laughs> yeah,
4: playing
5: word
2: association with Mark Grody and Merrill.
9: Jim just kid.
5: not panned out in, in the way Chicago had hoped for. No, that's and, true. Um, that's true. Harry gave him a new a new leash on life, actually.
10: Who gave him a new lease?
5: Well, Eric Kramer. When he came in. Oh, he Eric. Oh Eric. I... And, yeah, and oh, Eric. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. know, yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, my God. New leash on life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lease, right? It's more of a
3: lease. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the purpose is to not leash life. Yeah. Right. You want to let it run free.
4: By the way, uh, new leash on life is a great dog rescue organization. <laughs> I got. I, <laughs> I once got a dog. Good. It's true. Yeah, I got a dog from uh, New Leash on Life. Maggie Hendrix's sister. You know Maggie Hendricks. Maggie Hendrix's sister. I believe.
5: Oh, that's an actual. Yeah, because it's a brilliant name. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. They yeah. gave him a new a new leash on life. Actually.
2: it's
4: <laughs> <Yeah. That's laughs> a great already, name, right? They've already Who come gave him a it? new leash. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who
4: gave him a new leash? Oh my new God. leash. New leash on life. Chicago, and LOLChicago.org. Right. I recommend them. Had a great experience with New Leash on Life.
2: That's excellent. Yeah.
4: Meryl <laughs> but that's not who Meryl Hodge was talking No, about. it
2: isn't. I don't believe it. No, it isn't. But the fun did not stop there. Thank God. Because Jim Harbaugh had to come up, obviously.
5: You know, listen, I, at 21, I, he might have been older than 21. I was 21 right. when I when I, when I I got drafted. But um, he said so, but he had to be 21, 22. And I don't know, buddy, at 21 or 22, that didn't do stupid stuff. But I we, we flew in together to the Combine, and he... Um, And uh, I came off the plane to have an NFL sign there waiting for us. And the kid said, hey, can you mind if we wait for some players that are coming in on the plane? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. And then this guy behind me, which I saw him get on the plane, he had a Michigan uh, Letterman jacket on, which um, um, I didn't understand. um, But obviously he was from Michigan. He came off. He said, I ain't waiting for anybody. And so they got a card. Took him off and I was like man who is that I was like Jim Harbaugh and I was like oh my gosh wow I was, like, I was like but I was like why is he got his letterman jacket on I'm like why is he wearing letterman <laughs> jacket We're like, I'm like it was, it was it was kind of funny <laughs> oh
4: why indeed is he wearing the letterman jacket cuz he's a wackadoodle yeah
2: i'm not waiting for anybody oh, Jim Harbaugh man it's, it's great i'm really sorry i missed this live <sighs>
4: Harbaugh's going to be great in San, in San in Los Angeles. Yeah, damn yeah. it, I almost did
2: it. Yeah, no, you put a,
4: put a dollar on the did jar. Do you see? Um, did you see what uh, Greg Roman said? And they, they asked, "How are you going to make Justin Herbert a better quarterback?" And Greg Roman said, "I'm going to give him a running game."
2: Yeah, I saw. Yeah, could you imagine Justin Herbert with a running game? I love. I saw.
4: Oh god, it, it, it's it's going to work. You know, it's going to work. of course work. it's going to work. Yes,
2: it's going it's it's to work like really, them.
4: really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Have a great quarterback and give them a running game. With a great coach? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's funny to try to build a team that way. Mm. Yeah,
5: it's Game planning and the things that he is able to do from the pocket. So that hinders him a little bit.
2: <laughs> it's all that was Dave.
5: missing. It's all that
2: was missing, Tanny. Just, <laughs> what, is, what is this Merrill Hodge, I Mark Grody,
5: Odyssey need? It
4: needs Dave the Cat. It needs
5: Dave the Cat. Game planning and the things that he is able to do from the pocket. So that hinders him <laughs> a little bit.
4: Dave, big fan of pocket <laughs> presence. Needs a good c- pocket quarterback I'm with you, Dave. Oh, that's Rich. <laughs> no, it's Dave. Rich is the other cat <laughs> that he has.
5: Dave. Game planning and the things that he is able to do from the pocket. So that hinders him a little bit.
4: <laughs> He's special from the pocket, uh-huh. Hodge. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess Grody's working from home. That's uh, I just figured yeah, that
2: out yeah. right there. Yeah, doesn't or, have Dave. Or walk, he uh,
4: brought Dave in studio. It could be. You don't know
2: anything's possible.
5: And Keep in mind, I got cleared over the phone five days later by answering one question, how did I feel? So even in 1994, that's archaic. You, you just don't do that with, with head trauma. You can't clear somebody over the phone. No doctor would ever do that. That,
4: that is insane. That Hold is on. Merrill Hodge telling you. <laughs> Wait a second. That is Merrill Hodge telling you that he was cleared by the Bears medical staff for from a concussion. He passed what was then concussion protocol over the phone. <laughs>
5: Play that again, please. I got cleared over the phone five days later by answering one question. How did I feel? So even in 1994, that's archaic. You, you just don't do that with with head trauma. You can't clear somebody over the phone. No doctor would ever do that.
2: that by is- answering one question, how do you feel? How do you
4: feel? I feel pretty good. All right. right, All go.
2: right. Go play professional football. Wow. That, with
4: that your was, head trauma. That was the NFL's level of concussion protocol, at least when it came to the Bears in 1994. That is
2: to, to hear Mel Hotz. Though it was at least our case, so they were behind the times on their behind the times concussion protocol. He
3: won a lawsuit for that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, right? one point five million. That is a wild thing, Doctor John Munsell.
4: Yeah, okay. it's, it's it's amazing. Because so when was that lawsuit, Shane? Because um, two thousand. Okay, because so, that thing, so even then, wow. there was not really an understanding of the seriousness of some of the concussions, and you still had a lot of people thinking, oh, man, guy had his bell rung, you know?
9: Yeah, but one thing was for sure, you can't diagnose it over the phone. Right, we knew that. We knew yeah.
2: that much about <laughs> <We> it. Had <laughs> trauma, probably got to look at the eyes, see if the pupils, how they're fo- following the light, something like
3: that. Yeah. Okay, hold on. The two-week trial in Waukegan consisted of testimony from various doctors and team officials, including former Bears coach Dave Wanstead.
4: Oh! Oh, well, yeah, that was his year. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm going to put this on. The, add it to the list of to. stories. No, no, no. No, I'm going to put it on the list with the Rick Meyer trade of things not to bring up. <laughs>
3: <too> Whoa.
4: <laughs> I think it might be one not to bring up.
3: Maybe off the air. Yeah.
4: Let's do that first. Yeah. Do a tester there first. Now yeah. Danny, Danny's totally going to do I'll, it. I mean, I'll,
2: Dave didn't clear him.
4: I'll, be, I'll probably bring it
2: up on the air, right? Yeah, D- Dave didn't. Clear <laughs> probably, probably do it on the air. Probably Probably, probably better. But I mean, yeah, we're going to go out to Margaritas with him around the draft. So maybe, maybe uh, we'll do it off air. But I don't know. That's, uh, we'll file that one away. <sighs> uh, that's why you always got to be listening. Yes. Always got to be that, listening. That uh, was... On the clock this Friday, 6 to 7, Bears reports uh, throughout the shows from the Combine. But it'll be with us every day at 5 o'clock.
4: That's quite, that was quite an adventure. I feel like <laughs> I went on a journey.
2: I do, too. I do, too. Uh the governor has responded publicly to White Sox Stadium, and we got old friend in new place, Parkinson Spiegel, on the score.
5: Game planning and the things that he is able to do from the pocket. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Spend some time with
10: our
4: friends Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Yes. Afternoons on the score.
5: Now we would like to give a warm welcome to our governor, J.B. Brisker. <laughs> Let's make some noise. <laughs>
1: Sit up.
7: All right, everybody, who's here for the Chicago, Chicago Sky?
10: Some people were. <laughs> a
2: couple people were. I mean, it was a well-attended event, but there were a lot of pandering politicians in that crowd. <laughs> that
4: some incredible pandering.
5: <laughs> and now, Scott Town, I need us to give it up for Cook County President Brett Winkle! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. (laughs)
4: Preckwinkle. Mr. Preckwinkle. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Tony Preckwinkle. Sorry. God, was that a ridiculous day. Oh, God, just incredible. (laughs) Give it up for your tax assessor, (laughs) Fritz Kagey.
2: Everyone's coming out. Skytown, give it up. So ridiculous. (laughs) So absurd. Uh. Uh, But... JB Pritzker make some noise with a comptroller. Yeah, yeah, comptroller, very. Oh
3: yeah, ding ding ding.
2: Very famous in Skytown, the uh-huh. comptroller.
3: All the aldermen. <laughs>
2: oh God. Uh, but we have an on-the-record response to the uh, public appeal for uh, public funding from the reinsdorfs
4: Yeah, the grotesque ask. Of uh, Of over a billion. Over a billion plus the TIF that we'll need for 400 mil. I know there's there's 900 mil more that we'll need, um, and I'd like to just tell you all about it. (laughs) And and I'm Jerry, and that's my son, and he's not saying anything.
2: We got a lot going on here. We're going to be asking for a lot of money, but we promise this isn't just for us. This is for you too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the person who we need to uh, sell this on is the governor of a broke state, who is a Cubs fan and is probably going to make a serious bid for president in 2028. So it's going to be a tough sell. And here's his response. I think
7: there's still a lot of work to be done uh, by the White Sox, as well as uh, with members of the general assembly. Uh, But I will say that I think I've been really clear about the fact that uh, the taxpayers dollars are uh, precious and the idea of taking taxpayer dollars and subsidizing the building of a stadium, uh, as opposed to, for example, subsidizing the building of a birthing center, just to give the example, um, does not seem like the you know uh, the stadium ought to have higher priority. Um, ha- having said that, I think you know we're many of us sports fans. We all want to see the teams succeed, but these are private businesses and we've seen other teams be able to support their own stadiums privately, that's, that would be ideal here, and I think that's something that I would encourage. I think the city of Chicago is engaged uh, as well with them, but I wouldn't put any number forward. I, I just don't, I mean, I, I start out really reluctant, um, and unless a case is made that the, long-term in, that the investment yields a long-term return for the taxpayers, that we can justify in some way? I haven't seen that yet. Um, and to be clear, nobody has presented directly to me. My staff has, has seen a presentation. So I, I just want you to know that I, I start out a bit reluctant having said that, you know, I'm a fan of all of our teams and I want them to succeed. Although I'm a Cubs fan first and foremost. <laughs> Sorry for all the White Sox fans. What was <laughs> the staff take
8: away from that presentation, and I was that like last week? So that there was a presentation on the
7: public.: Yeah, um, I you know the information that we've gotten so far is still very limited. We you know the how the taxpayer is going to benefit from this still hasn't been put forward to us. Um, it's just what the need is, and of course, I think the pictures that we've all seen, the drawings anyway in the newspaper, all look terrific. Um, but, but again, that's not enough, uh, to make it, uh, a priority in my view for, for Springfield.
4: I'll do some digging on this. Cause as we've been talking about it for several weeks, got some folks who know a lot about how the process goes down, down there. And there are some definite benefits that will be presented by some of the lawmakers down there to JB and that conversation is going to be is going to be interesting. He's obviously incredibly reluctant and and uh and i I get it I get it, but there are some tangible things that could be presented to him that if they get to a much more manageable middle ground in terms of the ask and what Reinsdorf might be able to pull in from his own people that it, well, it, i mean it, it could be a different kind of conversation
2: because a stadium can be a revenue generator it just has to generate a lot of revenue, and so if you put up. Two billion dollars in public money—it's uh-huh. tough for it to generate that kind of revenue in terms of a benefits to the taxpayer. Well, sure, certainly, but they're like,
4: they're talking about an area of land right now which has absolutely no tax benefit because but, there's nothing there.
2: But it's going to be developed with something there. So if you put buildings there, or mixed-use housing, or residential, mm-hmm. or a grocery store, or it is land that can be developed yep. into something, and it's already to... a busy, vibrant area of the city. So you know what I mean? Like, it's, yep. as long as that. Re- there will be tax benefit for whatever development goes there. It doesn't need to be a publicly funded stadium in order to develop the
4: land. It, that, that is true. Um, uh, but if they, if they pitch it in a way that says, see what everything you can do with this, then right. yeah, we'll, but we'll it's, see.
2: It, it's interesting to me that they've met with his staff, but the staff isn't clear on what that benefit would be. And I wonder what they were pitching him. You know, what, you, you go down to Springfield, you get an audience with the governor's staff, but not you, him. N- you know, but not him. You're going to be asking for public funding. You know that he is, that the current political climate anywhere is going to be anti that sentiment. I would think you'd be leading with why this would help everybody. Yeah.
3: Are you telling me that there's a slight chance <laughs> the White Sox, number one, might be a little unorganized. And number two, in this very rushed process, might not have all the details yet. Are you telling I, me that's I, a possibility? It, well, just, listen. It's a politician speaking into a microphone,
2: so I, I assume I'm not being told the full story on, on either side of this here. But uh, he's like, we haven't been presented with the details of how it benefits the taxpayer. I honestly thought that was the reason they were in Springfield Yeah, last that was the week. whole thing. I thought
3: that was the whole thing. Yeah. I I think thought, JB, <laughs> JB's waiting for them to pitch an idea where they remove all the toilets, like he did with his second mansion, to it. get the taxes down. Right. He's Again, waiting for that to happen. Well, you guys, you want to save money on the taxes – Take all the toilets take, out. Take out the Make toilets. it uninhabitable.
2: That was a hell of an Illinois politics story. It sure was. Yeah, Dude, he was...
3: still got elected. That yeah. was when he was running.
2: Yeah. It sure was. Guy's a loony too. <laughs> <laughs> uh But, yeah, that did that not strike you as – my guess is when you talk to people, if they have the White Sox version of events, uh... my guess is they're going to be like, um, no. We made it clear what we think the benefits would be. Or else,
4: why would they be down there? Well, right. Well, that's the thing. If if they presented it to the staff, they're trying to show what the benefits are 100%. They have to be. The fact that he hasn't seen anything or is saying he hasn't seen anything, he could see something if he wants. Right? (laughs) If the staff has seen something, he could have stepped in. I mean, I've seen something. (laughs) The thing that was published on GN. That's what he said, the, the, the writing the that renders had, in the newspaper. But that
2: had font <laughs> on it. You think he just looked at it like it was a picture book?
4: It had font on one of the pages that talked about the, the jobs and the construction jobs. Yeah, that was the, the pitch That was the pitch book. So is that what they went down there with? I, I don't know, but I'm just saying. Like I,
2: I've Ladies and gentlemen, you're Chicago Hugo White Sox. <laughs> yes. I... Uh, you know, they they were completely pie in the sky and unrealistic uh, and, and, and and ridiculous. But we have seen mm-hmm. someone's version of events for sure as to what this thing but was going to do. This is
4: just the beginning of the process. And the thing the thing that I do agree, um, you know, with Lawrence about and with others is that how fast this is moving is concerning especially tanny you said it the other day the way they screwed up the first time you'd want to make sure they take a little time with this one a little bit so there's that but also that's jb clearly saying uh yeah we're not anywhere yet you're like you're not going to be able to like speed this through right here in the spring process they've they need partners to have their back down there politically you know they need labor unions they need they need all sorts of partners to come down there and and or be down there and say to j b "Oh this is why it's a benefit this is why it's a benefit and argue on their behalf so it it takes a lot of time and energy to get those people and rally those people together and they have just begun
2: yeah well story could use some slowdown to it you know it could it it could use a uh... Maybe an exhale, a breath, a pause, mm. silent count for a second, and uh, maybe reasonable minds can get together at some point. Uh, old friend in a new place. I, st- I haven't heard it, but I just saw it, and it looked weird. It just doesn't, it doesn't really compute. Parkins and Spiegel on the score. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. flashback.
3: flashback. flashback.
2: Tim Anderson back on the score. You're the most honest athlete in Chicago. <laughs> who cares? If they blog about it, if they podcast about it, if they tweet about it, who cares, man? Just say what you feel. You're the best team in the American League. Yeah, f- we the best team in the American League. <laughs> My man. I mean, we can't say the F word on the radio. But other than that. Sorry, uh, Sorry everybody listening. Sorry. <laughs> Someone goaded him hard. Dead. I, uh, it was worth it. I, I, I'd, do, I'd do it again.
4: Lucas Giolito's thoughts on that were my <laughs> favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because whoever was, was Yeah, yeah, yeah I, you know my name. Yeah. He did. <laughs> say he my did name. But he chose not to say, say. my name. Say my name. Say my name.
2: <sighs> you know exactly who I am. Tim Anderson,
4: he's on the Marlins <laughs> now. That was kind of, it sounded like Barry I White. forget
2: who was interviewing him. Whoever's interviewing him just baited him.
4: Yep yeah i was doing
2: doing heisenberg from uh from breaking bad oh i see yeah yeah, it's okay
4: okay uh easy to confuse that with barry
2: (laughs) exactly but tim anderson he uh, is on the marlins now as you know He signed the one-year deal and the marlins hats are cool but no one was born to wear a marlins hat i feel like it looks weird on everybody i
4: think that's actually the maybe the best baseball point you've ever made That's
3: dan lebitard yeah, that's it.
4: Not look, Jeff, Jeff Conine, arguably. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Conine, but no, even that is like they, careful. He's
3: Mister Marlin. Like, they are cool hats, are they though? Which I, one, the current one or the good one? They've had good hats, like the the. I, I don't know. I like the the, mar, like the actual, I like the Marlin. The, the Marlin. Yeah. Yes. But it's the a, orange one. Remember when Ozzy went there and they de- that, that was weird. Little, those were bad yeah. hats. They, that they, but awful. this one is
2: the. It's like the teal blue with the big M with like the fin through it. It's not a bad hat. Not a bad hat.
4: Yeah, I, I guess so. But they still feel like the newest team in all of sports.
2: Right. And, and it, they always change their colors. There's no continuity to anything. It
4: just, it's weird. They shouldn't feel that. They've been through a lot, you know. There's been yeah. like ups and downs, and they won and then sold it off and everything. And but it still again. feels like, oh, yeah marlins great when do we add them can we get rid of them yet so congratulations tim
2: so tim anderson is wearing that hat that doesn't look right on anybody oh, this is the worst looking hat i ever saw
4: <laughs> oh it looks good on you though exactly like oh wow oh my okay God. and just like that it's 1994 on the score airwaves so here
2: goes the our... quotable
4: caddyshack we,
2: we get, you get what barry manilow caddyshack i at least gave you breaking bad that yes. was of this century uh here is it was
3: barry white not barry man <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for playing dude it might as well have been <laughs> you're speaking to the olds again we don't care if they're <laughs> over Whoa! 55
4: what how dare you
3: you know, what, way. don't me- care. I'm
4: sorry. Shane, They're not the same person. You're in the music opinion penalty box for a while.
3: <laughs> Kid Rock slaps, man. <laughs> I, not, that's you, not what I'm going to send you these. E- that's one of the best said. active vocalists.
4: That's not what you said. I, one, of, one of the best musicians. That's right. what you said.
3: <laughs> His voice yeah. is. You the voice said he's is one of instrument. the best musicians you know on that the singer planet. man? No. The voice is an instrument. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's hear what Tim Anderson had to say in the funny hat. Maybe not.
3: Maybe let's
9: just talk about it. Do we think it's going to work out for LTA <laughs> oh, there? Okay, we I, I, know, myself, I do. It. Yeah, we I we're a little it. tight
11: here. Oh, yeah. who
4: cares? Let's hear it.
11: Uh, Screw that. What
0: made the Marlins uh, fit for
11: you? Uh, just, uh, you know, once you look through the lineup and see, you know, uh, the things they're doing. Uh, you know, I was tuned in. Uh, Last year, you know, Burger got traded over here, so I was keeping up with him. Uh, You know, they're doing doing exciting things. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to be able to, you know, hop right in and uh, be able to provide what I can provide. How
2: much do you think the injury last year
0: just kind of affected your production?
11: Oh yeah, it took a toll. You know, it took a toll. You know, you're talking about the front side of, you know, uh, MCL spring, Uh, you know, I had nothing to hit up against, you know, so it it led to, you know, a lot of ground balls. And, uh, you know, but no excuses, you know, I kept working. and. you know, I feel good today. I feel healthy and uh, I'm ready to go and I'm excited.
4: So you know, what was of this offseason process like for you in terms of picking a team for agency? For a lot of players, it seems yeah, like. Yeah,
11: definitely different. You know, definitely different. Uh, you know, a lot of patience. Um, you know, a lot of communication. Uh, like I said, man, I'm just thankful to, you know, finally uh, it's over and, uh, you know, I found a new place.
4: Well, I, I wish him well, man. I-, I wish him well. Somewhere underneath all of the garbage that has gone on with his game and the trouble he's had in his personal life, somewhere underneath that is a really happy, joyful ball player. Remember that guy? Yes. Have not seen him in a long, long
1: time.
2: He is, at one point he was going to be the poster child for the face of baseball, and this year he might be the poster child for needing a
4: change of scenery. The, the, that is the all-time change of scenery guy.
2: It, right. It, it, and if he's healthy and his head's in a good spot, mm. he'll produce. Those are two huge ifs.
4: He's got to be joyful and loose to be any good because that's, that's how he rolls. So I hope he can find that down there, um, and I hope he can find some joy and some peace and play his ass off.
2: Knee direct. to It was weird to see him in that hat, though.
4: It's weird. I, I, I still think it's weird to see anybody in that That's half. I'm saying. Yeah. It's, a weird, it's a weird half. Look at you. You're bringing back up. You're proud Proud of the take. i glad the take was well-received.
2: Tied the segment
3: Bad infield defense, too, there between T.A., Jake Berger, and Luis Arias. Yeah. That's a really bad infield defense.
9: I am looking forward to seeing the top of that lineup, though. With yeah. Those, Jazz. With, Woo. With, yeah, with Jazz. Yeah, with Arias and Tim.
4: Yeah, and and Jazz. Go, one, two, three with Jake hitting cleanup. Let's go. I'm a Marlins fan. I'll get you a hat. <laughs> no thanks. Okay, I'm good. You still buzzing from your weekend? I am. I'm hitting a wall a little bit. Hitting a wall H- a little bit. Hitting the energy Just watch wall. Watch the video. you're Viewing better. Should uh, you
2: should share it, man? That's really cool. Yeah, maybe
4: I'll share it later.
2: Very very cool. Yeah. I,
4: I think I think Kevin shared it. He put it on uh, on the scores IG. I haven't so. seen it yet. Yeah. All right,
2: That's I'll check good. it out. Thank you <laughs> to Ryan Dempster, who was on the show today, telling stories from the after party and. Uh, the weekend of partying with Chelios and John C. McGinley and Cindy Crawford yeah. and Eddie Vedder and everybody else. And
4: then Ryan's got to go back to work with Sierra Santos. It's a tough break. I, I
2: don't be sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, else? Okay. We did a lot today. We'll be back tomorrow. We have Matt Eberflus. We did a lot <laughs> today. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. 100% <right. laughs> That's what we do. Yeah, so, so yeah. Kevin Lapka, Connor O'Donnell, Twitch Jeff, video stream. If anybody
4: has some questions that they're enthusiastic about us asking Matt Eberflus, then, you know, pass those on.
2: It's true. It's going to happen. Something is going to happen. Shane Reardon's our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is the score.
4: Pull it down. Pull it down.
1: We did that. We did that.